The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, friend. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Hold your insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are leaving higher than Mr. Stark? Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Chronicles and to answer your question, Dirt, yes we do, but the thing I told you about earlier is in effect. <laughs> yep, we're just raining all over the place here, folks. Oh wait, now what happened? I can't, uh, now I can't hear you, Dirt. Oh, no! Jeez, wait, wait, how about now? There we That's go. Nice. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, I was, I was so not but, happy but I was about the, that. The cheers, the cheers, I could barely even hear. Yeah. Oh, for real? Yeah. yeah. Sound effects, yep. Not cool. <laughs> Switching the light stream has not been smooth. No, not yeah, we mentioned all. that last week, and this week is, we're still growing pains, folks, but I think we're similarly doing somewhat better than some folks are. Um... In that case, hey, guess what, folks? It's Comic Chronicles. We are here back again uh, for your eyes and ears. If you're watching the video, you will see, yeah, hey, we got three-fourths of the crew this time. I am your host, Roddy Cat. Uh, you can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter, News Notes Need on Twitter, uh, News Notes Needs Reddit, uh, um, comic- CB Caps on Instagram. Ching. That was a ching. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I can never mind. I'm not gonna do that. It doesn't matter. Um, also, the the man behind the sound effects, which you know, that's believe. Trust hey. me, they're there. Uh, they H- worked <laughs> last week, which is the funniest part. Yeah, there there is also that. Uh, but Agent Underscore Seventy on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? And with us tonight is what the hell? No, no. no. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. <laughs> oh, no. No, it wasn't you. It was something I just did. And it was... Just, uh, PC and underscore dirt. You can find me on PC and underscore dirt on Twitters. On what? Oh. Did someone's air conditioning just kick on? That's us. Uh, yeah, don't, don't pay that no mind. Don't worry about this. Is. Um... It's a Pop Culture Net on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and all of his umbrella sites. They're in. Yay. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Ching. Yeah, fun times, folks. Yeah. Fun yeah. times. Yeah. So yeah, we are yeah. here again. Um, you can find this here thing, so we can go ahead and get that shit out of the way. Uh, Google Play. See, this is this this is what happens when you get flustered because this shit don't go right. Anywho, um, Google Play, Apple, iTunes, Spotify. You can find us on all those places. SoundCloud under the Coastal of the Podcast Networks uh, page. There we go. Hey, wait. That happened. That worked. I don't know what you just did, but that that worked. What? Is there a ghost? Oh, my God. Your Animal Crossing voices are back. Yeah. Love it. CS. Oh, okay. Now it's gone. CSPN.us. Go there. Podcast is there. Just like, you know, every other podcast in the known universe. Those are the only ones. Just the CSPNs. That's it. No one else's. Um, so we're going to get into the books of the week really, really, really quickly. <laughs> oh, 
as we tend to do on every Thursday after uh, Thursday night uh, at some point in time. Who am I kidding? Yeah, every Thursday night, you have to rush through everything because you start super late because we can't figure out how to work the software. No, it happens. I mean, for, even when we did work the software, and we do know how to work the software, it's just giving us fits. Thank you. <laughs> it's it not playing work. well with yeah. It's not exactly. playing well with. And stuff. let's face it, it's not like we didn't have those issues when we did have a consistent <laughs> uh, program to use. So. <laughs> Um, but in whose, yes, first book of the night, as we tend to do, is going to be the, like, some would argue, the big book of the week. And that is House of X. House, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. House of Ten, number two. No, it's not. Shush, shush, shush. <laughs> it's not. Shush, shush, Right cat's being obstinate. Shush. House of, it's house of, house of Ten. No shushing. No. We got it's powers, powers of, if of it's, Ten. If it's house Powers of, of Ten, then it's House of Ten. Damn it. You know, House of X number two. Um, so wait, is the team now the Ten Men? Yes, it is the Ten Men. It's always been the Ten Men. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Professor Tim's eight and Tim's here. Yes. Well, no, Tim's not here. Tim's Tim's son's not here. Professor Professor. Tim's not here. Um, oh shit! Which reminds me, I uh, forgot about that. Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter. <laughs> My fault. Um. CBR, CBCron, DClick Nation, D-K-L-I-Q-N-E-T-I-O-N. That's DClickNation.com. Also, Tim Dog, go there. Find him. Read his stuff. Yeah, this is a good one for the books, folks. House of X number two. What we got? Nobody? All right, well, all of that? I, I, happen to, I happen to like this. It's another intriguing chapter in Hickman's X-Men, and it turns out I was right about who the character was in yes, House of X were. number one. Yes. Props for you for that. Who was talking to Xavier on the park bench, but I was more than surprised to find out about the twist to the character that was involved. And uh, while I wasn't as shocked, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat that uh, Tim Dog 98 was in. I happened to look at his tweet um, during our pre-show um, uh, insanity trying to get the show going. Um, I happened to look at his tweet and I, I, I found myself agreeing with his general sentiment. Uh, but at the same time, I'm still impressed at uh, the direction that this change in this what was once a really what has still really been a background character for the majority of the X-Men run, uh, how, how everything sort of pivots on this one character, according to Hickman's new take. So it's, um, it's an intrigue. It, it, it really does set up more intrigue and it really will, um, kind of, uh, impact how you read powers of 10 number two, uh, which is going to be out next week. Yes, definitely. Because, that introduction started in Powers of X number one, Powers of Ten, whatever. I don't care at this, mm-hmm. at this point. Um, and yeah, we got a little, as usual, it tends to ha- happen with Hickman stuff. It's like, hey, he introduces something and then brings it up in something totally different <laughs> the next week or so. But which also still t- tends to bring up more and more questions that will be answered at some point now down the line. And yeah, it was just, as you would say, uh, eight to seven, eight, this is was. A pretty big retcon for the, the character of uh, Mara McTaggart, whom we are speaking of, um, and kind of interesting, but also kind of weird. So she's basically got some her powers are basically some sort of Doctor Who slash uh, Groundhog Day thing going on, right? But 
with our full life. Right. Um, it's a, it, there's definitely uh, a familiar familiarity that people have with the idea, but at the same time, the way it's in, the way it's implemented and with the particular character that it's implemented with really does, you know, especially knowing what role that she plays, um, even in the original continuity with Xavier and the founding of the, uh, the gifted school. Right. Um, which, it which really brings, does change kind of, kind of uh, puts things on their head. Right. Which brings the question, what is given all of that was given in this book? What is the original continuity? Well, I mean, we kind of got access to that because everything we know in the prime universe up to looks like up until AVX, if I'm not mistaken, is pretty much solid. Would you would you agree with that? I have to take a look at that timeline again. I know that. Well, wasn't been- the timeline is the stuff. It was like there was a one page that there was a one page that pretty much had like the phoenix five and then you know the basically the original students the new class and then um the phoenix five no but the, yeah but at the same time there's also a graphic right in, well yeah uh, i know that the there's always a graphic that lays out right and, and i think the graphic may not necessarily agree with what you just said so that's why i'm i don't remember it exactly right but um i'd have to take a look at the graphic and see what uh what would have changed um you know, now that we kind of know what happens, I guess it's still in the background at the end of the day because it's still a back, you know, McTaggart being a background character and all. Right. And yeah, speaking of that graphic, that does not play nice digitally. So, you know, because obviously you're reading one page and then the other page. And right. It, it's one big two page spread. Or maybe right. it's more. one of those. Yeah, it's one of those. Um, you got to have a a reader that allows you to read it uh, side by side. Right, so. which you could do, but it's just like yeah. So yeah, there was so there was a good bit of unsurprised um, expedition dump, but also character development in this particular issue with not much else going on in it, which I recognize puts, tends to put some people off. Going going by what some people have said online, but it's I'm sure it's probably all for the good, greater good, as we have tend to note with himself. Not to give him too much credit, and hopefully it does turn out like as good as what he's thinking it's going to. But so far, we're still in early days, and we're getting crumbs. Despite all of the, despite everything we are getting, we're getting kind of crumbs at this point. And right. Nothing in a real in a real sense, it's an eight issue limited series. Right. So we are not quite at the halfway point. So we'll see where we are at the end of uh, Powers of Ten number two, and we'll really get a a sense of. Uh, actually, wait, no, it's a twelve issue limited series, not an right, eight, because of six. six and six. Right. So we still have a ways to go before we get to the halfway point. There's still some setup being done uh, at this point. Yeah. So I I think it's a I think it's a worthwhile ride though. Obviously, it plays better to people who are well versed in uh, some of the X canon, especially as we're as we go on um, uh, uh, a trip down memory brick road. Hmm. I kind of wonder at some points because it seems like well, there's going to be some, for lack of a better term, rewrites to what we know. Or, or, or at the very least, going forward with what's what the future stuff's going to hold. It seems like anyway, possibly. So yeah, while all of this good knowledge, I don't know how much it's going to serve you going into this. Outside of the fact that it was like, okay, yeah, here's some things that's familiar. Right. It's about how it all fits together. Right. And we won't know that for until either 
until the, probably the new book's coming to play or the end of both series. You okay? Did either there? of you buy physical copies of the first issues? Yes. No. Okay. So, uh, Agent 70, when you bought your copy, did they give you a package of seeds? Oh, right. I, I forgot did, about that. I did not get one, but I know that they came out. Okay. Right. Well, yeah, no, we got them. I just didn't know if, if either of you guys had picked them. No, I, yeah, and I didn't even check my shop to see if they um, to see if they had that little trinket. Yeah, Krakoa seed packets in right, stores July thirty first. It's on the back of the um, the uh, the launch party card. Mm. Yeah, which is basically from yep. what they say of cornflower, and you know, it's like it's a nice little marketing thing. I mean, compared to some other things they've done, so. Yeah. You're looking at yeah, I mean, I know stores are going to complain. Oh, I got to pay shipping for this too. No, well, they'll get a shipping credit. You get a shipping credit back. Oh, okay. So you you pay for it, but then you get credit on like your next bill. Gotcha. I'm about to say, you are you looking to start your own mutant nation over there? I was just curious if, <laughs> if you guys had gotten any. If yeah. you're going to actually plant them somewhere. I, know, I saw somebody online said they were going to, but I don't know if that's actually true. But I, I, I would have no Wait, so it's, is it just what, what kind of seeds were they? Cornflower, uh, from what I saw. Okay. Yeah, yeah they're basically uh, a, a type of plant that can grow just about anywhere. All right. They, they only have to be like about, I think, an eighth of an inch deep in the ground and then get some water and they'll start growing. Wow. Yeah. So it's the type of thing that you can just basically throw out onto a dirt field. People walk across it, will push it far enough down, and then the rain comes and stuff will start to grow. Right. So, like I said, this is a neat marketing thing, I guess, You know, if you're going to do something like that. Just the, the weirdest thing. It's like, hey, comic book collectors, here's a package of seeds. <laughs> Go outside, because we know you never do. Oh, I'm no. wondering how many people bagged and boarded their bag of seeds and like I know, right? put it behind the book. And they Honestly, put it that would have, that's what I would have done. It's <laughs> like, this is not getting planted. I, might as well go I was about to say, you know stuff. somebody did it. You yeah. know somebody did that. Totally. So, But yeah, so I don't know. We may have rung out Hearts of X. There's really not much else to say on that one. Is it for uh, when, whenever Powers of X, Powers of 10, whatever comes out next? Mm-hmm. I, I will say, I tried to flip through the first issue and I just couldn't all of those pages where Hickman like comes up with these logos and has all this text and it's like the history of yeah. you know, blah blah whatever and I'm just like I'm not reading this I'm like no like no what about like, when it, what about when it becomes collected no which will be in December if I'm not mistaken but okay well well no but I mean I mean not not I won't read the book I would just never read those pages sure. Like, if I decide to read the story, then, I mean, those instantly get flipped past. But, but, like, when I'm in the middle of reading a comic, the last thing I want to do is read a short story about Right, read history. the prose. Yeah, it's like, no. Right, and, and unfortunately, it's important stuff. That's the thing. Yeah. And, 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 and it'd be one thing, like, Legion of Superheroes did that for a while, where the final page would always be, like, a view screen of the digital newspaper of the future. And it would, you know, have some stuff that, that went along with the story. But it wasn't like you had to read it. It was just, like, some background stuff if you wanted to get more flavor of the world that they lived in. But you could just easily skip it because it didn't really matter. It just world-building and expanding a little bit. Right. And I just look at Hickman and it's like, you know, there's there's 12 pages out of the book that are almost completely useless where it's just, like, a logo and four words. It's like, great, I'm glad you used a whole page to put that on there. 
Yeah, but to be fair, you're reading Bendis. He can't be. It can't be. Well, okay. I don't like Bendis either. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. I just thought about. I just thought about. I'm not liking what like, he's doing on the DC book, so you can't. Like, that wasn't. Yeah, a, yeah that wasn't That's a good. Funny. Okay, yeah, that wasn't a good um, example there. Well, whatever. Um, so right, anyway, next up, we've exhausted that. Let's go to what's something. So Justice League. Let's go ahead and get that one since you guys read that one. Jaro. Okay, well, and the next book. Let's go. Jaro. <laughs> Listen, I happen to like this issue for some of the same reasons that PCN underscore dirt doesn't isn't a fan. I'm not as I'm not following um a lot of the year of the villain stuff that closely. And it was nice that this issue is actually to a very large extent new reader friendly. You can actually pick this issue up and get up to speed on what exactly year of the villain is how we've gotten to this point in the world of uh, the justice league book and what um jaro is in a sense fantasizing about doing and in a sense trying to prevent bad things from happening to the justice league without spoiling too much of what happens i don't know if you're going to read this right cat but um jaro is you know just to refresh everyone's memory jaro is a fragment of starro the conqueror and that grew in a jar. Exactly. And hence Jaro. You know? And like it's I'm fine with the character. Like it's one of those things that's just so stupid. I enjoy that. Sure, why not? Um, but yeah, this this issue is a lot of recap. So if you've and, and most of it is from Justice League from the last seven issues of Justice League. Right. So if you didn't read it. But the the main problem I have is up to this point, up like Justice League I don't know, 18 through 24 or 25 was all about the multiverse and these different universes and what happened to the monitor and the anti-monitor and you know, the history, where did they actually come from? What was their history and all that kind of stuff, which was really cool. And then it shifted to the year of the villain stuff. And it's just like, I don't care. Like I just find myself reading all of these year of the villain things. And it's just like, whatever, it's like, yeah, this is what bad guys do, but this is not, it doesn't feel like anything that special. Yeah, bad guys are trying to take over the world. Got it. Lex Luthor, smartest man alive. Got it. Okay, let's, you know, come on, let's let's do something. And it's just so much setup and so much of trying to build things up and so much, you know, like right. the offer. He's going out and appearing in all these books and, you know, offering people uh, powers and whatever. And it's right. just like, it's, it's like you you can do like two of those and then you do the next issue of the book and you go, here's a list of the 60 people that's taken the the powers. And now let's go, let's, let's move on with it. Right. And instead it's just, it's like watching season three of lost <laughs> where it's just like, you know, that somewhere down in the future, they're going to get somewhere that's going to probably pay off in some way. But the stuff you're watching now is just filler. It's just like, treading water and filling time and i don't know if this has to do with doomsday clock delays or this has to do with tom king and the stuff on batman like i don't know what's going on but it's just like i don't care (laughs) i'm just uh. right it's frustrating i i wanted to if it's okay we uh, if we transition into batman number 76 yeah Uh, yeah it's fine because uh, it's funny that you mentioned that we don't necess- we don't have we don't have an idea of what the 
follow through is on this whole year of the villain stuff until we get to the rest of the DC line. And I'm only reading a few DC books. One of them is Batman. And we see in this book what the fallout is of the year of the villain on Gotham City uh, in conjunction with Bane's, you know, uh, big plan to break the bat yet again. So we at least see some of the uh, year of the villain stuff, uh, but you know I'm not you know like and 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 I know that PC and underscore Dirt's not a huge fan of uh, King's run on the book as of late, even going back to the wedding stuff probably. Yeah. Oh, I'm not a fan of Catwoman generally speaking. So right. So I really lost a lot of faith in the story once they, you know, like once we got well past the breaking of, um, I mean, uh, the, the breaking of the, uh, of the, the promise to wed, I guess. And we went neck deep into the breaking of the bat yet again. That's when I sort of really kind of lost interest in the book. And I'm tenuously holding on to my pull of Batman at this point. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things, like I'm buying it out of momentum, right? You know, because, that for a short period of time when I was in college and I had zero dollars, I've been buying Batman nonstop since like 97 or 98. The book Batman, you know? not, de- or not, not 87 or 88. Yeah, right. the book Batman, not detective. Um, d- yeah, detective. I, I've kind of wavered in and out because they've done a lot of really weird stuff with that over the right. last 10, 12 years. Right, and- but Batman is kind of like the main title of the batman corner yeah because detective a lot of times it it goes off where it's batman's not the lead character and it's like okay well i I don't like i'm not buying a batwoman book i'm buying batman i'm not buying the bat family sure uh you know tim drake clayface team book you know i want to read batman so uh i I stopped i stopped buying it you know with with that stuff and in there so i kind of come in and out on detective, but since like 80, yeah, 87, 88, 80, I don't remember somewhere in there. I've been buying Batman right. nonstop. So it's like, I don't like, it's a, you know, I'm a collector. Right. I collect comics. So right. it's like, That's I don't want to not buy it, but Oh my gosh, it's getting so hard right. to, to sounds, justify. I don't think it's as bad as Chuck Austin on uncanny. Um, <laughs> Bring that back up. Why don't you, you know, because we were literally, <laughs> we were literally like classic materia, and I and, and Roddy Cat, I think, was in on this too. Yeah, we were talking about this online. Like, what do we do with this portion of the run that you just yeah. can't stand? You know, and the scary thing was, I didn't read X Men for a long time. Like, Marvel had that period in the late '90s where everything got terrible, um, and, and almost you know all of it was almost unreadable. Um, they were trying so hard to ape Image, and oh, it was just so terrible. And so I didn't read X Men for several several years. And then I was in a, a grocery store, a drugstore, and there was comics on the magazine rack. And I was like, oh, X-Men, I haven't read this in a long time. So I, I picked it up, bought it, and it just happened to be the issue where uh, you found out that um, Nightcrawler's dad was Satan. Azazel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and I, I just read this thing, and I was like, what? Like, what is that? Is so dumb. Like, that is the opposite of the whole character. Yeah, is to do this thing. Run. Yeah. And then the next one I tried to read was the one where, like, um, 
archangel or angel, I guess he was at the time, right. and like some fourteen-year-old girl, or like doing it in the sky that while the mom Paige is Guthrie. watching. Right, that was that was and, Paige and, Guthrie. That was Cannonball's sister. And I was like, I'm done with this book. Yep. Like I'm done. <laughs> like, no need yeah. to read this stuff. Yeah. Oh, memory. Shout out to classic material. But for yeah. Austin again, man. But anyway, anyway, but um, yeah, the same with with this Batman story. It's like, okay, like one, I'm a huge Captain Adam fan, so they just straight pumped him out in this. Book. Oh like, yeah, okay, that was that was bad booking to begin with. There. Oh well, you're not gonna um, like this. There's a wrestling reference, and, and then uh, <laughs> and I like, but and, and also the the Thomas Wayne thing makes absolutely no sense. Like it makes absolutely zero sense because the whole point of the character was that he didn't want his son to be Batman so that his son could have a normal life because Thomas went through all of that after Bruce died in his timeline. Right. So somehow that justifies the character trying to break Batman and destroy him and possibly kill him um, in order to get him to stop being... Like, it became more about, like, I just want to stop Batman as opposed to having, like, this motivation, like, I want to save my son. You right. know, and it's just because and three issues ago, it was a whole issue of the two of them wandering through the desert. And then you open up the next issue and it's like, eh, they're out of the desert. Yep. How did they get out? We don't know. They're in separate places. How'd they get there? We don't know. The whole world has just kind of moved on like it skipped time. Like what? Right. What we're, happened? We don't know. Neck, yeah, we're neck deep into City of Bane at this point. And, and City of Bane just feels it feels like they've done this story before. Like the villains took over, uh, and not necessarily like as a Batman story, but just in general. Like the villains take over and they run everything, and you know, there's no crime and everything, but that's because if you step out of line, you're going to be killed. Okay, well, like, all right, can we do something interesting with it, maybe, or different? And uh, no, doesn't seem like like it'd be interesting as for the buildup if maybe some of the heroes were like, you know what? I am tired of, you know, like Red Hood. It would make sense. His friend just died in Heroes in Crisis. It would make sense if he was like, hey, you know what? I'm in on this because I'm tired of seeing people die for no reason. So let's kill the villains. And if it's the villains who die, then who cares? That would make sense. That'd be interesting. That's a great way to draw a Bat Family character into it. We don't get any of that. Right. Just just as an aside, uh, circling back to uh, Justice League, Red Hood is actually on the list of people who who were given that offer by Lex Luthor. It actually happened in the uh, end of the last issue. Okay. Is, uh, is uh, Luther one of the drones, shows up, and, and he says, okay, I'm listening, I'm interested. And okay. then it goes off. So you don't actually see him accept, but gotcha. there is something going on there. So so it's worth noting at this point that, as, as should be obvious at this point, there's a lot of Day of the Villain tie-in books uh, this week. I think that started last week, regardless. And I know one of them will be at the very least mentioned, but there's a, a few of them out this week. Um, but until we get to that point, uh, let us move on if we're done with that. Yep. Um, oh, wait, I will say this. The artwork sure. in Batman is still spectacular. Is it Tony Daniel this week? This month? It's, um, I just remember it being very pretty. Let's see. Who is it? Uh, yes, Tony Daniel. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, it looks nice. Right. If, you know, I mean, it, it's back to X-Men in the mid-90s, where right. it, even though the stories were terrible, it had great artwork. 
Oh, yeah, Captain, poor Captain Adam. That that really sucked. I wouldn't. Say yeah, that, poor that makes Adam. no sense. Uh, actually, and I was gonna say, yeah, you really won't like what happened to him in deceased. But hey, I, yeah, but deceased doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, point. But still, um, Agents of Atlas number one. I know uh, Agent Seventy and I both read this one. Yes. So. Uh, scrolling up to my notes. So yeah, I thought this was a solid start to the latest Agents of Atlas miniseries. I thought the premise is quirky, but it's timely. Uh, it's actually a different riff on uh, Greg Pak's concept for Ronan Island, which is also out this week. Mm. And you can describe the concept a little bit more in detail. Eh, nah. Um, I mean, well, at the end of the day, what it is is just very quickly. It's it, it's a it's a, a it's a bridge sort of between um, uh, various Asian uh, like primary Asian cities and uh, creating a kind of um, uh, place where they can all intersect called Pan. Right. Imagine Battle World except for without the fighting, but just doorways to each each real world place instead of like actual lands coming together. Like right. that is not a good selling point. Eh, you know, well, it is what I, it is. what's funny about it is it, it it depends on how you read it because the uh, the map kind of helps you get a sense of how that is a selling point hmm. because it provides you know like literally a hop, skip, and a jump to go from one side of the world to the other, and everyone looks at it in different in different ways, like. Amadeus really looks at it from um, kind of the classic way, and everyone, you know, and uh, I forget which character. I think it was uh, Silk is like, so, wow, that's actually really cool. Right. And obviously, there's a darker side to this that we're going to explore in the rest of the series. And that's where uh, Amadeus is pretty much, uh, this is a trap, something's not right here, the right. whole, whole way through. But yeah, this is the weirder thing. It's, it's, I'm trying to think of the parallel of the, of the guy who's buying it. You could say like a Facebook slash Steve Jobsian type of person, but younger, who's kind of come along and, and gives this idea and just says, hey, for 24 hours, you can walk some of these, these things. But after that 24 hours, everybody goes back to where they were. But in, and if you really like what, you, what you're seeing here, you can pay for this subscription or actually more like I guess a video games is probably a closer parallel. Uh, it's a part of it. It's like, hey, you need the subscription to this thing to where you could do this all the time. And again, Amadeus is like, okay, this is all the big, big trap. Um, right. And, and it also seems to help to know a, li- all, uh, to know a little bit about the history of uh, the Atlas Foundation. But right. some of it is filled in, um, you know, in, in, in some of the notes that you'll that you can see at the beginning of the issue. Um, I think. Uh, I think the character, the characters that you see at the end of the first story, are better explained in the backup story, right. which which fills in uh, fills us all in on where the previous iteration of Agents of Atlas are. Right, and I'm not sure if it was that because because it maybe it read like it was in the past for me, but it, that can't be like now, could it? Like we know where Gorilla Man is and all this, and but the rest of those haven't been seen since actually there's been a couple of events since they've been seen it's hard to say so yeah i'm not sure where it's this hard is. to say you know and even i think the i think yeah jimmy Wu does show up in this one as he does at the end of the first story and no really telling the timeline of it right because the you know um 
just as a quick aside before we move on, uh, continuity uh, this week in particular was not a strong suit in some of the Marvel books. Yeah, fair. And we'll get to some of that, you know, maybe even in rapid fire as we hit some of these books. Yeah. So I guess as a as a um, uh, an addition to this, um, you want to go ahead and hit arrow number two while we're down at Lander. Sure. So just so my notes on this are just when you think that Arrow is kind of a souped up planeteer, you know, wind. Um, she shows you something. She actually does show you something. So. Um, you know, like a a, a, a a different manipulation of uh, of um, the power of wind, and it's actually pretty cool. Um, I actually like this book as a whole. The you know, uh, I don't know if uh, I I don't think um, PC underscore Dirt um, is reading this. And um, for those of you out there who aren't picking up this book or Swordmaster, the first half of this book is a story that had been presented. Um, outside of Marvel continuity in Asia, and Greg Pak is adapting it um, uh, for U.S. audiences. And um, in conjunction with that, there's a backup story that's a, a original um, for all audiences, and that is um, a story of about Arrow and um, Wave's actual origin or part of her origin story. And reading that in conjunction, reading the two together really makes this book um, worth the time because it's actually really well done. So, um, you know, like I said, I've, I was critical of the character because of the power set, but I really liked what they did with um, what, what, the, what they did with the character. And uh, just to, just very quickly, it kind of sucks not having the original um, source material to compare it to, but I'm willing to let it ride and, and, and let's see where this goes. Until we find said source that's been translated. Right. Um, yeah, there's really nothing much else to, to, to add to that except for, yeah, it still reads like I said it did the last time we talked about it, and which is not a bad thing. So it's it's pretty cool read. Um, next up... Did anybody read Future Foundation? I did. All right. Well, Future Foundation. And Here's one continuity error. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, well, that's probably, arguably, there's probably a couple of them in here. So, yeah, Future Foundation is what we thought were in the multiverse trying to, well, I guess their, their mission is basically to go out in the multiverse and find the pieces of Molecule Man and put them back together again so they can bring them home. Right. Uh, like Humpty Dumpty. Yeah. Uh, which I suspect we are finding one of those pieces in a Horcrux uh, for you fans of that. I don't know if that plays or not, what, but it seems, <laughs> like it. it seems like it does from from what the character that's introduced in this is not. But we basically have an undercover mission where one one uh, one part of uh, Future Foundation, a.k.a. Julie Power, a.k.a. one of the Power Pack who's apparently grown up, um, is undercover trying to find this person in the prison and the rest of the team is going to break her out at a given time. You know how that usually goes. Um, and this book was kind of sort of losing me up until like halfway, halfway in for some strange reason. Um, cause like, all right, it's future ranchers and there's a bunch of smart kids, you know, that, that, uh, that, uh, fantastic four found and you know, they're, they're doing a thing. Um, Yandu being here was still a thing that still doesn't, doesn't so I'm like okay wait wait so clearly they're not in the multiverse like they said it was but I guess one of the pieces could be on this prime 
or this prime piece of the Earth, multiverse, regardless. Put that aside. Um, the jailbreak happens, and they come also come across a villain who's been in some other stuff a good bit lately. If you know anything about the Fantastic Four, and they're in any villains that have been wreaking havoc in the Marvel Universe in other places. They show up. We... Um, yeah, that's pretty much the, the brunt of the issue. And like I said, it, it wasn't until halfway through the issue where I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of digging on this. Especially, like, right before you get to cer- certain characters kind of like, hey, they have a page of story where they're doing thing and then kind of go- come to grips with where they are. That's when it started, started to kind of hit me for me, hit for me. So I was like, all right, I will check that check this book out. I so. gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. Um, I don't know if uh, you got another book you want to throw out there. You want to get to rapid fire since we got a lot of books to go through. Yeah, we do. Uh, you got another one you want to pop out for? No, I mean, I want to save PC and Discord. There are too many spoilers on Immortal Hulk. Well, no, but so, I was asking him for if he had anything he wanted to know. Oh, well, I, I, can, I can mute my, my uh, headphones oh, no, from no, we don't, about Hulk. I mean, no, we don't, we're not going to spoil it, spoil it. So. Yeah. But, but I mean, it'll be a while before I get caught up to it anyway. So. Sure. Uh, but so, but if you, you want, I'll spin it up. up. Yeah, cause I'm, I'm, mine's just going to be fast. Okay. Yeah, spin I'll it spin up. it up. All right, here we go. Oh no! <laughs> Rapid fire, folks. Um, who wants to go first? I'll get mine uh, out of the way. Let me, okay. let me get mine out of the way because I there was nothing this week that I really <laughs> liked. But the lesser, I guess, of all the evils is going to be uh, Berserker Unleashed number one. Um, it's at least interesting. It's a decent premise. The problem is that the entire issue is for the setup that they give away on the front cover. So this first issue is just kind of like a eh, like. Wait, okay. this is the Diodato book, right? This is, yeah, Jeff Lemire and, and Diodato. Um, it's basically Conan gets brought into modern times. Right. You know, time, you know, time warp and comes to the modern era. And, and I was like, cool, like, that's interesting. And they did a Mike Mignola uh, variant cover. So I grabbed that uh, variant cover. So I was kind of excited to read it. I was like, I like Jeff Lemire. Like, this is interesting, you know. Uh, I, I like the idea of the premise. But it takes till literally like the last three pages. Uh, whatever, uh, that he finally makes it to the modern era. It's like, that's the whole point of the story. Like, could we not have gotten there a little quicker? Wait, is it actually uh, Conan? Do what? Is it actually Conan? No, 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 no. It's oh. it's Berserker. It's, it's a, right, this yeah. is like a creator-owned book. I was about to say, right. okay. Gotcha. Um, but, I mean, that's that's exactly what sure. it is. Sure, the parallels there. Um, gotcha. and, and the other problem is when he's in the past, he's speaking... Yeah, you know, he's just talking, and then when he comes to the future, when he talks, it's in brackets, and you know he can't understand the modern people, and they don't understand him, you know, obviously. So whatever. But the problem is when he's in the past and he's talking, it's like they're dropping f bombs, and they're like all these anachronisms are coming up, and it's just like I understand you don't want to write everything in like you know New King James version, you know, whatever. But at the same time, it's like it's a little. Yeah, it takes you out of it a little bit when it's like this great barbarian warrior and he's like, I'm going to rip your effing face off, you know, and you're just like, come on. You know, it's just a little... It makes you miss the Shakespearean Thor. 
Yeah, a, a little bit, a little bit. But and like I said, I understand. You know, you don't want to sit there and, and type out like all of these. Thy will find thyself in the you know whatever. So I get it, but well, at the same it time, surprised. it's just a little like like takes you right out of it. And then again, it's the whole issue just builds up to finally at the end, he's like looking through the trees and he sees a giant skyscraper and he's like, oh my gosh, you know, whatever. And it's like, yeah, that's the cover. Like <laughs> that's the moment where when it's like watching Soylent Green waiting for him to say Soylent Green is people. Like it's the last line of the movie. <laughs> it's like, you know, could we not have worked this story a little faster? So anyway, quick question, quick um, question, quick question. If his love for you is like Berserker. I'm not singing any of the words from that song. Come on, man. You can't have Again. it there and not do it. Uh, my love for you is ticking clock berserker. But that's as far as I'll go. All right. Sure. Good enough. Good enough. PG-13. This is a hard PG-13 show. Is it? Okay. Um, but then the other book I read was the Sinestro Year of the Villain. And that was just dumb. Like oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. It, it, it tried to be clever and it tries to be deep but it tries to be clever and deep with what i call sitcom logic where it 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 tries so hard to do like this big philosophical thing but wrap it up neatly by the end of the issue you know um it's like sinestro has to deal with the civilization and try to teach them that the thing that they work so hard for isn't worth it um, so all the people give up on it, but then they become like these beatniks and hippies and they start protesting. And then he turns the old ones against the young ones. And then like, and it, it's just like, it just reeked of like this hollow, almost like after school special. Like it tries too hard to make the point and it tries to be too clever. Like, Hey, look what we're doing. We're doing this, you know, old people and young people don't get along. And so we're going to throw it in there, but it all happens in like the span of like a page and a half because, you know, it's a one shot special. It's not an ongoing or anything. So it's not like Sinestro is subtly manipulating. It's just like, boom. And then the story's over and it's like, okay, well, I guess stuff happened, but then you get to the end and it's like, well, okay. Glad, glad I spent time reading that because now, like okay we're here so it's just one of those things where if if you weren't planning on reading all of them obviously skip this one if you're reading the green lantern books doesn't tie in skip it the only thing is one character that appears in here will probably show up again at some point down the line but i'm guessing he'll show up to die so this book really just fell flat and so gotcha Gotcha. Yeah. So Berserker Unleashed is going to be my click of the week just because it's kind of the it was it was it was disappointing because it didn't get there any faster. I gotcha. But it at least it wasn't like a failure in terms of storytelling like some of these other books were. Gotcha. Gotcha. All righty then. Well, you uh, Agent Seventy, you go because we got a lot of books in common and, and right, and we'll just tag team. When, yeah, we'll yeah, tag team off the books when I feel like. All right, it. Absolute Carnage number one. Did you read that? Nope. All right. So very quickly, it's about what I expected. Um, you can t- you can definitely tell that Ryan Stegman had some time to put some work into the art in this issue. Um, it's a t- you know it's a it's a it's an event um, that uh, revolves around Carnage. So you definitely know which two characters are going to be involved. 
Um, it's not even a spoiler saying that both Venom and Spider-Man are heavily involved in this issue. So it's about what I expected to see. Um, I'm probably going to, uh, you know, I'm probably not going to be collecting this in physical form, but I'll probably, I will likely be reading, reading along with everyone else. Um, black cat number three. I think we both read this. This is fun. I like this. So Bats the Ghost Dog needs a copy of the official <laughs> handbook of the Marvel Universe so he can tell the difference between silver-haired females. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so Black Cat's doing a heist in, in the Sanctum Sanctorium, and he's not home, but he, she also brings this uh, magic person who is a, an ex-villain of, uh, of uh, Stevens, which, yeah, that was right for problems, and the problem showed up. And we have right. Bats, so that's always a treat. Right. And, I'll, you know, uh, I, someone asked me if I was enjoying this because they told me they weren't. And I said, look, it's not meant to be the most dramatic book. Sometimes you just need a fun heist caper in your life. Fair. And that's what this book is. Yeah. And their next one should be equally as fun if they do it right. Since, right. They're, since they're going to some street that we both right. know. Right, 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 right. Where there's um, people that play nasty pranks. Leave it at that. Yes, indeed. Um Champions number eight. Uh, I don't have that much to say about this book other than it's about time they resolve the Sam Alexander thing, sort of. Really? They didn't even like, completely resolve it. Well, I feel like they, I suspected it would have, should have taken longer than this. It's like they was like, oh, you know what? Let's just get this over with. They just rushed it. I kind of like that because it was because it had been dragging on for a while. I suppose. Well, well, yeah, I guess they had gone out into space and had to come back. Well, yeah, but he was gone from the book for from when, and then he just comes back in the next issue. Oh, by the way, here you go. Problem solved. Like well, that's what I meant by it being like this seemed kind of quick. You think they was like he's on Earth, but no, just send him somewhere else, and something else happens. But you know, but yeah, at the same time, that's probably as good as over with. Right. Uh, next for me is Daredevil number eight. I don't think you read this. Nope. Uh, Dirt, are you up to date on Daredevil, or are you a lot behind? I'm. Let's see. What issue is this? Number eight. eight. No, this is number nine. Oh, number um, nine. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a typo on my part. I I just got done with the first arc. Okay, so you understand the the premise though in that. Uh, yeah, the, la- not- the last one I got was he gave up on. on right, the- Matt's not in the suit. Right, right. That's the right. That's, that's the last thing I, I read. To, right, that's what yeah. I wanted to establish. Um, there's still uh, some. Uh, let's put it. Let's. Uh, I'm trying to find the the best way to put it for everyone else. There's still some trepidation on Matt's part about what he wants to do with his life. The book is titled Daredevil, though, so we're not. You know, we'll see how how long this lasts. But the very first, uh, let's see how many pages this is. This is a good one, two, three. The very first three pages of the book, I thought were the most compelling was the most compelling reading I've, I've I've had in a while for a Daredevil book because it's actually a conversation between uh, Matt and Reed Richards over chess in a park in Manhattan, and it's a uh, you know it's a pretty um it's, it's a pretty uh, uh, deep conversation for all of three pages, and it's and it's not something that you expect to see with Reed Richards. But at the same time, it, you know, it's a Daredevil book, so you can kind of expect um, what direction that, that conversation is going in. Uh, not to spoil everything, but, you know, if you put two and two together um, in a Daredevil book, you know this type of conversation is going to come up. All, um, all I know is that if they're playing chess in the park, I want a homeless dude to come up and beat Reed Richards. 
<laughs> like one of those hustler dudes who come up and they're just like boom, 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 check. You so know? and then Reed's all like, oh, "What?" <laughs> so and, and it's cool because it's um, it's uh, I think it's a a chess a chess board for um, uh, a blind player because um, it has pegs in the bottom of the uh, the pieces so that they don't shift around. Um, I also wanted to note that uh, at the end of the issue, Matt is definitely going to have something to confess the next time he's in church. So um, it's you know, it, listen, th- this is a slow burn, but um, a lot of these issues definitely have um, some some so, something to say and uh, kind of help help lead us on the path to what I hope is uh, eventual, um, uh, eventually Matt Murdock putting the suit back on. Um, next up is Immortal Hulk number 22 I'm not going to spoil it all I have to say is this is still a must read and the Hulk and company finally get a chance to take the fight back to where it's coming from and so does the Gamma Flight yes um, Invisible Woman number 2 I have a lot, I'm having a lot of fun with this read yeah, I kinda, I've been enjoying it and it's exactly what you would expect from a rusty secret agent who still has some tricks up her sleeve. Um, I especially like the whole drinking game scenario. Yeah. I really like that. That, that was, was very well done. Yeah, Natasha was, uh, was, was quite impressed before that even happened. And it was like, all right, then, then there's, there's more to you than just being a big public figure. Well, well you know, like an like a, like a Earth-saving superhero. Like right. literally one of the, the biggest cogs in the Fantastic Four. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, this is this is pretty cool. All right, you're up. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Bit, 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 bit. Star Wars seventy. Uh, all three teams are still doing their things. Uh, Han and Leia are pretending to be be married, which there's irony there. Um, but they meet up again with her ex, who apparently is Batman without the gadgets, who's been following them around, and they hit a snag with that. Um, Chewbacca and C three PO kind of get chased by the Empire when they're trying to blow up their planet, but uh, the snag is that these rock people that they come across kind of kind of put a hitch in it and they take C-3PO and then Luke um, meets up with this woman who's slightly kind of Afro, this uh, uh, Dr. Afro-ish in a way, it's kind of roguish, but she seems to know something about the Force and he obviously him in the state wants to really, really know and be still as gullible as he is. Uh, and yeah, they and they have a start to have an adventure. Uh, I had this written down. Um, Sensational Spider-Man self-improvement number one. So this is well, the premise on this I guess is interesting. So apparently this was a a, a fan a fan made idea that never got published. But Peter David is uh, and crew are given the treatment to, and it's basically right. a big what if, because it's like what if Spidey got a version of the black suit before he goes to Secret Wars? Right. It's actually it's actually uh, the 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 inside story was that this uh, was a pitch that a fan sent into Marvel, and there's some dispute about whether or not um, the people that were behind Secret Wars actually read this and incorporated right. it into Secret Wars. And now, you know, several, many, many, several years later, just lots of years later, right. they and decided to do a little bit uh, here. Right, and coincidentally, this suit is 
could be similar is kind of similar to the to that black suit except for it's more it has more in common than the iron spider suit uh, aka of the movie version recent movie versions than um than the secret wars version right so. and the color scheme obviously you know it's only slightly different from yeah it's basically kind of looks like miles's suit or miles's coloring right. Um, and that, and then there's a backup story, which basically it's, hey, you know Spider-Man's origin story. Uh, it kind of comes back to him in flashbacks because dealing with this other person who's, who's going through a similar thing, and he tries to deal with that. That's all I'll say about that. Yeah. It's, there's some old school art on that with Ron Friends on pencils and uh, Sal Buscema on ink. So I was like, yeah. wow, it's actually really solid looking. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a, it was a nice uh, throwback look. I, I appreciated it. Um, Transformers, Ghostbusters, number three. Are you planning on reading this, Dirt? No, no. Okay. Um, I'm just I'm waiting time. for the next Ghostbusters movie to see if it redeems the line. Oh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, so this is the Ghostbusters Prime universe, uh, and in this universe, so just a quick rundown of the past books. Um, Cybertron, well. The war on Cybertron happens. The Autobots leave Earth. The Decepticons stay. Uh, goes as the Traveler visits Cybertron, and it doesn't end up the same way that the uh, that the um, that the Ghostbusters movie does. Um, so, cut back to the Autobots. They f- somehow find Earth, and there's and there's one bot that they have whose name is suspiciously similar to. Um, you know what the Ghostbusters drive around in, but it's a longer version. Uh, ends up being the one to go to Earth. He meets up with the Ghostbusters. He he takes the form of the Ecto One. Um, Starscream's ghost pops up, and with Starscream's ghost, also a a set of uh, one-off villains from the uh, from like season three of Transformers in the Crimson and that ends up being a whole thing with them. Well, in this issue. Um, Optimus Prime gets word from Ecto, Ectotron, as he's now named, because his name was way longer than that, and decides to come to Earth. He hides out while the uh, Ectotron and the Ghostbusters are on uh, on a job. They get back. He's all um, messed up with graffiti and whatnot, and gets to size the ears like, hmm, you need to try and, uh, he need, you need to blend in a little bit more, which uh, the cover suggests that uh, the Optimus Prime Ghostbusters figure that is now out for $150 uh, that doesn't show up in this book, but I suspect we might see that one. Uh, but let's see, at the end, near the end of it, yeah. Um, and Scar Starscream goes missing because they, the Ghostbusters had him trapped after this uh, at this issue, or in, during the course of this mission because Vink, Peter Vinkman was like, "Hey, I know what you're doing, but you know I know the type of person you are, so we're just gonna put you on ice for a little bit, and then he ends up escaping." So, and then like I said, Prime is, meets up with the rest of them, and they they talk about what happens. Uh, Transformers number 10. Lot of exposition, no real action. Um, the Senate's meeting, you know, they come to an impasse, basically. There's a lot of intrigues or some, some likes supposedly happen because of other things that's been going on with the murder investigation and, the, you know, the supposed bad guys in this. And then the, I guess, the president, whoever, the, 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 the ruler of Cybertron, whoever comes back at the end of the book thinking, saying he's going to bust some heads or something. Not much on that. Uh, and finally, deceased number four. So things tend, as I might not say, things tend to escalate as uh, the hammer comes down for the wrong set of nails. Um, 
and more people get uh, get infected, who infects more people, and uh, everybody that's gathered on the Daily Planet try to try to get up a plan. For some strange reason, the cause of uh, this this um, outbreak, or part of the cause, I should say, is back in uh, Cyborg, because I thought he was in. I thought he got destroyed in the first issue, but I guess not. Um, but he's back and in. Starting to explain what's going on, but not his part in it, and then Damon ends up finding out uh, about uh, his pops from Alfred. So, and that's it for me. All right, so clicks, clicks. of the week. <laughs> I see what you're doing there, and it's, it's, it is not. It is. It is continuously funny. Um, and that's a little inside baseball that I won't get into. But we have uh, Tim's pick for click of the week while the other folks uh, think of theirs that they don't already have it. House of X number two. Uh, he doesn't necessarily give a reason why, but you know, if you follow him on Twitter, you can see some things he's already said about it. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was about to say PCN underscore Dirt already named his uh, I didn't know click that of the week. Actually. As a Berserker Unleashed number one, so I, that I leaves the were, two of us. I didn't know you were serious about that, but okay. Yeah, I mean, seriously, because everything else I read was garbage. So. Oh, no. Oh, no. Shots. <laughs> shots fired, man. Uh, anything. Just shots fired. <laughs> um, all right, so... so I like how I just got shot by an Animal Crossing character. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Anyway, um, you got yours? I'm still thinking. Okay, well, fine then. I love still when we get to this, this, type of, this part of the show is always amusing for the folks I know. Um, right. Actually, still. the things that are calling out to me is like Invisible, Invisible Woman 2, Future Foundation ended up kind of redeeming itself. Um, I'm in between. I'm really in between Immortal Hulk number twenty-two and House of X number two. You know what? Black Cat number three. That was really fun. I liked it. Boom. Um, I think I'm going to go with. Uh, I think I'm going to back Tim on this. House of X number two. Okay. When in doubt. All right, folks, and I guess that brings us to the part of the show where we, one, get into an ad, two, get into news, and three, but most importantly, I guess, say goodbye to one PC and underscore dirt. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Take it easy, dirt. Hopefully, next, hopefully the next show that you're able to get on, you'll have some, more, some better books yeah, to talk I, about. I, I was kind of looking at, at some of the stuff that's coming up next week because we do have a few books that have already filtered in. And uh, mm. Gwenpool Strikes Back, I'm going to have to read because that's my son's favorite comic character of all time. <laughs> and okay. that may restore the character uh, in her powers. Uh, Punisher Kill Crew is there, so that could be interesting. And then we also have the Silver Surfer Prodigal Son. Oh, um, okay. so. Did you Are read, you reading Black? Yeah, so we're going to... I'm not. Just I can't get past that artwork. Yeah, it's kind of trippy. The, yeah, the, second, the, the second issue is nowhere near as trippy as the first one. And it's a little cleaner, definitely. You know, on the yeah. side. Um, I was gonna so ask you, I, you, I would suggest that you try to give it another shot. I, was gonna, I, I, may, I don't know. Uh, well, I'll, I'll skim it, maybe, and yeah. 
see if there's any because that's probably another one that, that may or may not go anywhere either but it's it is what it is for right now i was gonna ask real quick though um superior spider-man have you read recent issues of that no okay Come no, on. actually, uh, I was buying that for my son for a while because he was getting all the Spider-Verse and the tie-in stuff, but right. he eventually just kind of gave up on it. He was like, nah, it's, it's not that interesting anymore. He's like, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't tie into the other Spider-Verse stuff, really. And so it's like, sure. okay. Because I was about to say, the, 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 the West Coast Avengers, or the current version of the West Coast Avengers show up in Glimples and that, but I don't know if that was still an interest to you. Yeah, but he, he actually dropped that book because they took away her powers Right. So she was just like a regular person. It didn't last and long then anyway. He, <laughs> yeah, and he and he was just like, I don't really care about any of these other people on the team. I was like, okay. That's so, right, I, feel yeah, like I did get him Future Foundation number one. He does like Power Pack. So I got him the Future Foundation one, but uh, I haven't I haven't talked to him about it yet. What about it? Sure. Gotcha. You, you know, we'll, we'll try it. It's a number one, you know. Yeah. Again, see what sticks. Force feed him some comics and see if anything holds. <laughs> but good, I don't know. The current that. state of comics, it's kind of hard. Oh, stop it. There's good <laughs> stuff out there. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, though, if um, House of X and Powers of Ten are the best places to uh, start, though. Mm, definitely not. <laughs> I don't I don't, yeah. don't think so. That's a tough read for, but, but uh, for like someone you, who's like, what, like borderline junior high school, right? No, no, no. He's not reading those. No, but I'm just saying that would be a tough read. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, and he wouldn't care about the characters, so. Right. Mm. Which, um, yeah, that does matter. I mean, Future Foundation at least has uh, a couple power pack characters, so he cares about those. Right. Um, Somebody does. Yeah, but but like you said, at least those books are better than the Chuck Austin. Run. <laughs> oh, no. By far. <laughs> they are. I can't even front. Yeah. I can just play far. with that. Chuck Austin. Ugh. Yeah. All right. I, so anyway. I shudder when I have to file my books and I have to touch those books and move them move them aside. Dirt knows what I'm talking about. Roddy you Cat know, knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. You gotta move the books around to file them, you know? In in the last in the last two years, I started getting rid of comics just to free up space. Sure. One one the store that I used to work, I ended up uh selling twenty three short boxes of comics. And then another store in town, they were like, hey, we need more back issues. If you got more back issues, I'm like, yeah, I've got more stuff because I've been filtering through. And I sold him 13 short boxes of stuff. So I've whittled my collection way down. And then even now I'm, I'm, I'm sorting everything, organizing, putting them all in order, you know, and I'm doing it by stack. So this whole stack is alphabetized together. Now this whole stack is alphabetized and I have to alphabetize those two stacks together. Right. Then go to the next row of boxes and alphabetize and then alphabetize those in. And it's like, as I'm going through again, I'm like, there's more of these books. I could, I'm never going to read Batman Superman again. You know, the, the crossover series from uh, when the whole new 52 kicked off. Like I'm never going to read Superman Wonder Woman again. I'm never going to read, you know, most of these books, I'm like, I should just get rid of this stuff. And the stuff I'm holding on to is all the 60s, 70s, 80s stuff I have. Stuff that's important books from the 90s. Sure. Yeah. And sure. most of the rest of the stuff, it's just like, eh. It's like Eddie and the Cruisers. He's talking about music <laughs> music nowadays. It's all just like bed sheets. Like, yep, that's that's comics today. Uh-huh. Bed sheets. There you go. That's that's my being deep in, in my sitcom logic. Oh, oh, no. All right. And with that, I bid you adieu. Take care. Take care, dirt. And our first ad read of the night, if we're ready for it, is oh, for yeah, Blue Apron. 
The meal delivery service. Blue Apron. Fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off. And to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. Ka-ching! Now we get into the news. Do-do-do-do. Okay, that was pretty good. Um, yeah, sorry. There's there's a, a light stream thing that's going to worry me going forward if if that comes if that ends up being a problem. Um, as always, as always. So hopefully everything I'm, is, that is being seen and heard is coming out on the video version of this. Is if not, we got bigger issues. Yep. Uh, anywho. Uh, first up, as we do every week, the cinematic news. And plus, is gonna this is gonna screw us up because if 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 there's not a backup recording, it's kind of screwed. Uh, anyway, cinematic It'll news. It'll be a lost episode. Yeah, sadly. Um, or a, a a disjointed one. Anyway, at long last, you can watch Spider-Man's first teaser restored in HD. Oh wait, actually, okay. I know what I can do. Um, I'm going to do this. And then get rid of your thing. There we go. And I'm sorry. This is it's okay because this is all on a really long learning curve. Yeah, and I think I listen. It. You know, we're, we're all having problems with this. So you know, some of it's technical. Some of it is just learning how to deal with the the new setup. Yeah, and that's probably going to take. Well, we should probably be a little bit in better shape next week. But regardless, anyway. So yeah, um, apparently from Sam Raimi's uh, first Spider-Man movie, there was um, a teaser that was never uh, released because, well, partially because um, uh, a site uh, on the New York skyline that is unfortunately not there anymore. Right. Uh, right. Right. So very quickly. Um, this was actually, I remember seeing this, um, on TV and on my computer. Mm -hmm. Um, it was the, uh, the teaser for the first Spider-Man movie, uh, that was filmed pre nine 11. And, uh, it involved the, uh, two towers of the world trade center, the twin towers. And, um, now that has been restored in HD for people to watch. Yes. So you can go check that out. Uh, next up. Uh Next up, in some shocking news to me, although I don't know if it was shocking to anybody else, Andy Serkis, um, Claw himself, um, Smeagol, yeah. uh, Gollum himself, et cetera, et cetera. Um, has boarded the sequel to Venom, a.k.a. Venom 2, as its director. Yes. So, hey, you know... Listen, shout out to him for, for moving behind the camera and having some creative control over um, a movie as opposed to being, you know, in a mocap suit. Well, but that's, I don't I suspect that doesn't necessarily mean that that couldn't happen. 
Right. But at the same time, it's nice that he's moving, you know, like, you know, that's, that's usually a direction that, um, uh, that actors who want to do more than just, uh, you know, be in front of a green screen all day want to do like, uh, shout out to Chris Evans. You know, this is the direction he wants to go into. Sure. So yeah, Andy Serkis is the director of Venom Two, uh, and I know a lot of people have been wanting that. And I'm like, I, I hope it works out as well as people think it will. Like I think because I think people want, and I know he's he's done some directorial stuff in the past, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I think I'm not sure about that. That that would be something to check. But regardless, I think people are more wanting that because of his behind the mocap suit uh, uh, experiences more than him being an actual director, you know. Like, he knows how to deal with that kind of stuff. But, sure. like I said, uh, it, it, uh, hopefully it works out the way they people think it does. Next up, um, in Avengers Endgame, this really looks like a Spider-Gwen Easter egg. Um, so there was a point where uh, some eagle-eyed person, as as uh, people are wont to say, spotted this scene, uh, which if you're watching the video, you can see here, uh, where Peter and uh, Gonky, a.k.a. Ned, are back in school. Wait, is that? See, the, the thing that messes me up, because I could have sworn that scene was from, uh, I know they did a, a fairly similar scene in, um, in um, uh, Far From Home. But, it was Endgame. Yeah, but I know there were those. It doesn't matter. Um, but either way, uh, there was a person that was spotted on the side of Peter and uh, and Ned as they were hugging in with a back uh, pink backpack, a, a black and white spider uh, mini dress, and um, blonde hair, which have uh, made people think that that could possibly be um, Gwen Stacy. All right, I'll be sure to take a look at that. Although it's pretty, I mean, that's a that's, it's a, that's, that's it's a little bit of a stretch, but not yeah, it's one a bit of a reach. Not, but not one that's not out of, out of the question. Sure. So sure, next sure. up, next up, uh, the pop one popular because there's a, a few popular hilarious lines in Endgame almost didn't happen. Apparently, the line. From uh, uh, it's apparently at the uh, at the Voodoo viewing party for Endgame. Kevin Feige revealed Ant Man's line that, as far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass was not actually in the movie for a while. And right. one of the other producers, the executive producer Louis D, uh, Desposito, or someone who said, "What happened to that funny line about America's ass?" So. See, they're, the, they're beholden to the shareholders. No, I'm just kidding. That's not. I'm sure some. Not exactly. Idiot, no, I'm just I saying some you. idiot would have said some 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 mess like that. But at the same time, right. hey, we got a good line out of regardless of who it was. <laughs> so yeah, so it comes come to find out that that's uh that's how that line ended up being in the case. So thank whoever that was who did that, and I'm pretty sure that person's like, hey, you know, if it wasn't because of me, you know, you wouldn't have had that line that people are you know quoting. Exactly. So, can I get some more money, please? Anyway, um, next up, Captain Marvel's Gemma, Shan, Gemma, Gemma excuse me, Chan in talks for Eternals, but not as her MCU character in a report. So yeah, apparently they're um, they're trying to get uh, Emma, Gemma Chan. I keep saying because uh, I'm thinking um, 
something else regardless. It doesn't matter. Uh, so yeah, she may be in Eternals. She may or may not be out of uh, paint. Though I feel like as a, I I feel like it's probably going to be the thing. It was like now she's going to be a precursor to her character, her Kree character in um, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, yeah. So, which means she will probably be still in the the face paint, possibly or in the body paint, possibly, um, or maybe the same person in, as a younger. You know, because I mean the Kree are relatively long lived, I think. So, but that's depending on where they set the story. Kind of doubt that that would be the case. Right. We will see. And I believe there is ties to the the Korean and the Eternal, so you know. Possibilities. Uh James Gunn has confirmed that the final Guardians of the Galaxy Easter egg has been partially discovered. So <laughs> listen, apparently there's still that one uh Easter egg that is still out there. People have been looking for it. And um, there's a Twitter user that has proposed that he's found it, and Gunna said that that is a partial discovery. Close, but not enough. Right. So, yeah. Um, good luck to those people who have that kind of time and energy. And we were, I don't know, we're not, we're not going to go into it, but basically, it's something to do with man thing. Um, next up, Deadpool 3 doesn't have to be R-rated, director says, which has people out there on the internet and like, oh no. <laughs> um, which I'm like, I mean, you're right. It kind of doesn't. Doesn't mean it is. It doesn't mean it isn't. Right. So, but yeah, apparently the director was talking to somebody and, and basically put out that little nugget. and Right, and, and people are probably just up yeah. in arms saying, oh, now that it's a Marvel property and right. a Disney property. There were some, definitely some of that, yes. Right. So, you know, we'll see where that goes. It doesn't really have to be R because they take PG-13 pretty far. Yeah, um, pretty much. All right, next up, uh, did Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just slightly introduce an astonishing X-Men villain? So, um, I am not up to date on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Not at all. Um, but apparently they may have introduced a character who, while of a different name, bears an uncanny, uh, no pun intended, resemblance, resemblance to Ord, a villain introduced in Whedon and Cassidy's Astonishing X-Men run. Yeah. So, but we have no creative pride, so who, who cares? Um no, nah, I'm talking about that. Yeah, so I'm not up on Agents of Shield either, but I hear some things. Some things have hap- been happening. <laughs> um, next I may up. jump on for the last season because I don't know if you have a, a story in here about who may be guest starring in uh, Agents of Shield in the next in, in the upcoming last season of the show. Mm, if we've not already talked about it, I don't know if I do actually. Anyway, oh, um, okay. If you don't, then I'll just I'll just drop it because sure, it's related. It. Um, apparently, there's a rumor that uh, they're going to have Peggy Carter. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that news. I didn't put it in the, the lineup. Okay, but, right. So yeah, yeah so it's a, so it makes sense to just drop that here. Yeah. That um, in the next upcoming, you know, in the upcoming final season of the of the show, there there's a rumor that they're going to have Peggy Carter uh, do a guest spot. 
Which yeah, because they're thinking it's gonna it's gonna have them tie into that and you know other, possibly other stuff. So I'm on board with that. Shoot, more that works for promise. me. Yeah, works for me. Um, All right, you got next Marvel TV's Runaways and Cloak and Dagger crossing over this December. Nice. I'm a fan of these shows. You need to catch up if you're not I, caught up. Well, while I still have Hulu, yeah, I may I may possibly do that. And so it's not uh, a surprise that these these two particular groups are. Um, are coming together because they have in the comic books before, so it was only a matter of time before it happens. So yeah, uh, looks like Runaways third season, and I wonder. I assume they're going to do what happens in what happened between the two groups in the comics uh, to a point, but we'll see how that. I know a couple of people who like both shows, or one show I like in them. particular. I like um, them both. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not the target demographic. Let's be real. Yeah, that's fine. You're, you're a comic book um, fan. Doesn't really matter. Right, but at the same time, it's just I think they're both well done. They're less overwrought than the Netflix shows were. Hmm. You know, obviously, you know, it's a little lighter because they are teens. Right. Yeah, I was about to say, and so, it's probably PG-13, if if that. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, they're still dealing with adult. Uh, themes, oh, sure. but it's definitely not as, like I said, overwrought. When I say overwrought, I'm still trying my best to make my way through the last uh, season of uh, Jessica Jones, but it's really hard. Hmm. I'm, I'm not sure why you're punishing yourself that way, but okay, sure. For completionist's sake, yeah, talk about fair. being a collector, right? Yeah, that's fair, because I, I, and I can't talk because I plan on doing the same thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's fair. But yeah, so All this right. is good news for to fans for those. Of the, yeah, and I guess hopefully I will definitely try to catch up fairly soon. Um, there's a couple other things I'm trying to. I keep saying I want to catch up on, but I'm actually putting some time in to do so I can right. get some things off my plate. Um, right, I got next. Okay. I got next. Uh, ABC is in active talks about bringing another Marvel female superhero to the network. So uh, the broadcaster is working with its Disney sibling on another comic book adaptation. Uh, this comes, as, as we just mentioned, as uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is about to finish off its upcoming seventh season. Mm-hmm. So it's unclear the character who's being lined up to be adapted for uh, mainstream television, but we shall see. So, and it's worth noting that there has been a couple of some would argue dropped um, projects in the past that they still hasn't seen the light of day. So I'm not putting credits credence into this until something else happens because there was supposed to be the the Great Lakes Avengers one I think with Squirrel Girl, which I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if this was if that was the the character they would uh, do this with Squirrel Girl. Yeah, yeah I, like I, especially was, if they keep Milana Weintraub exactly. As, uh, Squirrel Girl. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and and this article kind of brings up some other uh, folks that could possibly uh, be the case. Um, also, there is also a... There was rumblings of a Daughters of a Dragon, Daughters of the Dragon thing for... I think that was probably made possibly on Netflix. Or at least that was what people wanted uh, under the Netflix stuff, but... Right, that's but not, not that's outside what we're of done the, with. Yeah, right. but that may not be outside of the Realm of possibilities for this, which I would want, personally want. With right, those, depending with on the timing, characters. right? Because of the uh, the uh, the kind of no compete that they had at right. the end of the Netflix deal. And now that I think about it, um, Simone Mystic has another show now, so I don't know if that's what would happen. But who knows? Anyway, that, that's something. Whether we hear anything more about this or not, we'll stay tuned. Next, 
You got it. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's biggest nostalgia trip is the original Spider-Man. That's right, folks. Nicholas Hammond, a.k.a. the... the well, you have to be of a very certain vintage uh, yes. to know the the, the, the 70 Spider-Man. I loved that show when I was little. Um, I, I couldn't get enough of it, but I was always like, why does he only have one web shooter? Right, right. And why is it a big-ass piece of rope? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Like come on! I was able to I was able to suspend disbelief for the oh piece of well rope. true, but it was but still I funny wanted, though. I wanted two web shooters, even if he only used one. Right. Why couldn't the costume department just slap another one on his other wrist? Yeah, well, yeah, uh, no worries. he's right at uh, right handed, so that's the only one he was going to ever use. I guess I don't know. Who knows? No one cares about the no prize for that one. So yeah, apparently Nicholas Nicholas Hammond is in Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in in uh, Hollywood, a movie that I. Two for two seconds when reading this article, thought about watching, but I don't care about Tarantino movies that much anymore. No, thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm quite good. But yeah, so apparently he's in it, and there may be, um, yeah, I guess there's a little bit more to it. If you can find the '70s Spider-Man somewhere on YouTube, I know there's a couple of episodes probably out there. Go check that out. It's a treat. Whether it holds okay. up or not is a different story, but it's still a treat. Uh, All next right, up, next up. Um, a video courtesy of Star Wars Kids uh, explores a series of silly Star Wars what ifs. So, um, with the help of Legos. Yes. So, you know, what if Anakin forgot to eat breakfast the day of the pod race? God. What if he became hey. Darth Vader way, way earlier? So, these are the types of things that these videos are, 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 are going through. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, a good a breakfast is the most important meal of the day, as they said. So you never know how many things could have been changed by that one act. We might not have gotten Darth Vader. Anyway, that's whatever. So, yeah, check that out if you care. Um, Halo TV adapts, adapt, adaptation, excuse me, adds six and not six from the Blossom Show um, and not Gal- Battlestar Galactica. But six folks uh, and... Natasha Mac- McAhone, Bokeem Woodbine, because he ain't going out like no punk. Uh, Shabana Azmi, Bentley Kalu, Natasha Kozak, and Kate Kennedy uh, all have named roles in the show. And it goes through basically who these folks will be on the show. So good to see Bokeem Woodbine getting work, I guess. I don't know. Next. And it's like most All of them right. Be, most of them are going to be Spartans or something. Or so, something. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Well, apparently, a podcast has been launched where each episode <laughs> explores one torturous minute of a rewatch of the ill-fated Batman versus Superman movie. Mind you, most of that is uh, Agent Seventy's um, editorialization of the facts, but right. <laughs> <laughs> God, why would you take this on as a podcast? Idea? Because people do the I mean, strangest things. I mean, listen. Oh yeah, I w- listen. My, one of my favorite podcasts is Binge Mode. You know, I'm not a shill for Binge Mode, but shout out to Binge Mode, uh, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Mallory Rubin and um, Jason Concepcion uh, do a fine job of breaking down Harry Potter and Game of Thrones. Mm. Worthy things. Of worthy subjects of podcasts, in-depth podcasts, 
crying out loud, why are you doing this for Batman versus Superman per minute? <laughs> yeah, that's Good going to Lord. be... Yeah, well, at least you don't know how long it's going to... roundabout it's going to be. Actually, that's not true either. Because, that's not true. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But there's not much that goes on in a minute in the bulk of that movie that's going to be sustainable for more than 20, 30 minutes of oh, yeah, a yeah. show. But that hey, go forth and multiply, I guess. Or no, don't multiply. Um, I will go ahead and put out a, a suggestion of my own, and possibly a better one. Uh, the Arkham Files, I believe is the name of it, is is, is the podcast with uh, Brian Ward and Dr. Andrea Ledmende, who uh, basically review the uh, and go over uh, Batman, the, the animated series, from a psychological standpoint. And it is, it is a dope podcast. I think it's over with now because um, they they finished that and and su- subsequent um, movies that, that was along with it, but that was an awesome po- podcast. And I know they're doing something still now, but you know, and she's I know both of them are doing things in their respective works with DC or whatnot. But yeah, All right. if you want to check out a podcast, that's a good one. It's it was, it's great. Next, you got this. Uh, speaking of the Batman, uh, the Batman I Tenet Tenet not Tenet. That's a different per- person. Star for key role. Uh, so this is the Matt Reeves of the Batman. Um, just might reunite Tenet star Robert Pattinson. Oh, right. He is Batman now, isn't he? And John David Washington, who I believe was in... Um, what, I can't remember what this is. Um, um, had to do with the clan. I can't remember what it was. Either way, it's probably going to say down at the bottom of the show. Here you go, Black Klansman. That was what it was. Um, I didn't want to jump in. I'm like, it's pretty obvious. Well, <laughs> yeah, but the, 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 I couldn't remember if it was... If, yeah, the exact title, I understand. Right. So anyway, so he is in talks to um, play a role in it. Some folks are saying uh, Lucius Fox. Uh, other folks are saying uh, like Two-Face, Harvey Dent. You know, I mean, there's president for that, given uh, Billy D. Williams. Yeah, I was about to say, picking up the mantle from uh, Billy D. Williams. Yep. Uh, but we don't necessarily know who it, who who he's in talks for. So, could be the Scarecrow. I think somebody might, might have put it out there, but we don't know. We don't know. Or I think Scarecrow, Scarecrow was mentioned, and somebody may already have it, one or two. But regardless, hey, more word on that when we get some confirmation. Next. All right, next up, Chris Williams has... Scooter! Scooter! <laughs> Seemingly confirmed that Black Lightning was that a was that a living single reference? That, that totally was. Good Lord, <laughs> we're showing our we're showing our vintage right there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, seemingly confirms that Black Lightning will appear in the Arrow versus Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's great. Yeah, great. Uh, it's been great, speculated. Um, what you call it? Uh, it was, it was a matter of time. Yeah, I was about to say not continuity. Great. Right. Um, Synergy, right? Corporate synergy, yes. Yeah, especially with Arrow going away, um, and I think Flash might be not far behind it. We don't know, but I mean, it was only a matter of time before that. And I think it has been confirmed since this article that he he and a couple of the folks from uh, Black Knight is going to be in in the the crossover um, because at the time of this, it, he was just saying it's it's a possibility, I believe, and it ended up being a po- it being the truth. So right. that's it's awesome. been a while since I've seen um uh watch Black Lightning. Yeah, same uh, here. 
Are they in the same universe as either Flash this or Arrow? Nope. Okay, so they're in the Dakotaverse, basically. Uh, well, let me phrase that. Unless something happened between the last couple of seasons, right? The, then you know, they were in a whole separate thing. And I think okay. they had been saying for the longest time they were going to keep it that way, but there were still rumblings of it, the fact that, you know... Which, right, so that still leaves open the possibility of a crisis event, but not a crossover. I mean, a, not a not a, a city-to-city crossover in right. the and, traditional sense. Right, I mean, and the Flash, they're, the, the multiverse has already been opened up in the Flash, you know, and since, you know, Supergirl, and I think they went to another version with the last crisis, so it's not like that's off the table. So more than likely, yeah, he'll be brought in because of, you know, even if it isn't, Due to a crisis, they were like, "Oh yeah, we found this other new universe." So, poop mm-hmm. type of situation. All right, you got next. Uh, speaking of the crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, the, the producer actively pursuing Smallville alums, and I want to say they might have gotten somebody, but I'm not sure. Um, but, but by this time, but yeah, it looks like they and I know Steve from America kind of has been out there booking for it. Um, have been trying to get folks from from Smallville, like Tom Welling and um, 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 the dude who plays Lex, which um, uh, Michael um, Michael Rosenbaum. Rosenbaum, yes. yeah, yes, who also plays the Flash, who vocalizes the Flash and Lex Luthor um, on a, on occasion, or has anyway. So yeah, might be trying to get them for the crossover, which that would be cool since they're getting all these other people. Uh, and this like. Oh yeah, well yeah. They just talk about how they've had other people who've played other roles in Smallville that sure. have shown up in other forms. So next up, next up, this is one of those times that I would not repeat, not play Korath saying "who," because <laughs> you Crisis on Infinite <laughs> Earths Arrowverse crossover has cast Kevin Conroy, the one and only Batman that so many people know mm-hmm. as Bruce Wayne of the future or that in yeah, the sure. crisis on infinite earths wait did they actually say he was yeah it says uh, future Batman future Bruce Wayne from the future okay so yeah so it might be Batman Beyond version right but, but it's also if I'm not mistaken the, I saw another article saying that don't count on it being a big big role like it could be just a cameo sure of sorts so you know we'll see how that happens when that when that crossover happens this December but that's cool regardless you can't have Kevin Conroy on and not let him say something come on that's just ridiculous <laughs> so anyway next um, Marv Wolfman to co-write Arrow's Crisis on Infinite Earths episode so yeah, all right, cool. I mean, they they well, I mean, Guggenheim and them, right? But now we're getting some, like one would argue, legend, or well, one wouldn't argue, legend, but he totally is. Marv Wolf, Wolfman, you know, creator of Ten Titans and a whole bunch of other stuff in DC Universe. Also written for a whole bunch of other cartoons and uh, stuff uh, in the, in the past. You grew up on him, you know him. Yep, that's so, right. Yeah. So now they're putting a little bit more comic book cred into the uh, Arrow's um, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, episode. Sorry. Cool. 
And continuing in the string of uh, CW Arrowverse stories, um, apparently they're looking to expand. Um, you know, in the wake of the announcement that Arrowver that the Arrow show is ending, um, CW president Mark. Pedowitz said at the Television Critics Association summer press tour that the ne- that the CW is looking to adapt the new DC Comics property for the year for the 2020-2021 season. Mm-hmm. Although they have not said what exactly the CW is looking at, nor did he give any hints. I feel like despite them having Legends of Tomorrow, it could be Legion of Superheroes because they kind of already put some of that in. in there's a little bit of that in play in on Supergirl, but I could be totally wrong. Maybe it could be Plastic Man for all we know. Okay, we don't know. Yeah, no one knows anything. So, but yeah, it's a thing. Um, Batwoman producer confirms Kate is Jewish, but references in the plot pilot were cut for some reason. Okay, so I guess good to know. Um, not really much else to say about that. All right. <laughs> All right, next up, uh, Young Justice Outsiders. The end credits tell their own Lynchian story? Yeah, the, as in David Lynch, I guess. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, I've been watching it, so I definitely understand that the, uh, the end credits have all had little bits here and there to uh, uh, for you to put together. Mm-hmm. So. so, yeah, which I'm slowly catching up. I'm almost at the end of um, season two, so I'm like almost like like I'm a stone not even a stone store I'm a probably an episode away uh from starting outsiders so I'm okay, looking forward cool. to that um but yeah so that is a thing and apparently they're going to um uh maybe they're going to stitch together or maybe it's just people you know I don't know delusions of grandeur who knows uh but this article basically kind of goes through its own little um what it feels about it next up uh, Next. This, go ahead. No, no, no. Um, this is you. DC Universe's Harley Quinn cartoon will address abusive uh, Joker relationship. So that's um, yeah, that's going to be a thing. So for All an right. animated series, that's well, then they said it's probably to be more adult in a way. I know I was talking to Dirt, but it's not a surprise to say he didn't like what the the thing for it and wasn't interested. But again, like I said, that's not a big surprise. Um. So yeah. So however they're gonna handle that, I hope they do it. Given the nature of that show, I hope they do it in a halfway decent way. I don't know. Anyway, next up. Ah, uh, Netflix shares the trailer for anim for anime documentary. Enter the anime. So since Netflix has uh, kind of built up their anime library, they have now they've been in the midst of producing a documentary on uh, that's meant to better equip potential new anime fans for the greater presence of anime on Netflix. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, and, well, it would be cool, but I have not, and granted, I haven't seen it for myself because it is out at this point because it, um, it the, the actual uh, documentary came out a couple days ago on the 5th, which we are recording on the 8th. And uh, there have been not good thoughts about that um, that particular documentary from people at all. So, but obviously, some things you have to look for for yourself if you don't get to. But I've heard a lot of "Don't waste your time" da, 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 and and the like. But if you feel feeling like it, or if you're like me, who just has to, you know, <laughs> has to know how bad bad can be sometimes, check it out for yourself. 
Uh, next up. Oh, so so now we're about to go into. What was that? It's nothing. Don't worry about it. Okay. Well, I mean, I know what it was, but okay. Um. Anyway. Um. So now we are going to go into the comic book uh, news section. No, isn't there spillover? Oh wait, didn't I already? God damn it! What happened? <laughs> oh. Hold on, I see what I did. I put this in the wrong place. Dang it. Oh, oh, and this is perfect because, yes, because um, now we get to talk a little bit about something you went to go see. <laughs> and I didn't, and I'll talk more about that. Um, I didn't go to see it. Oh, I thought That's you a did. big spoiler. Well, oh. I'll, I'll tell you why I didn't okay, go to see it. Well, first, let's, let's, bring, let's, let's bring this up first and then, um, and then talk about it. Sure. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw has the worst Fast and Furious box office opening since 2009. I wish my sound effects were working uh, (laughs) full bore because I am shotgunning the hell out of this. Just booming it. Um, So, yeah, poo on you, Hobbs and Shaw. Um, good for you. You had the worst Fast and Furious box opening, box office opening since 2009. Um, the reason why I did watch this, but I didn't go to see it. Hint, hint. Ah, okay. I got you. Wink, yes, wink. Yes, 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 yes. No need to further that line, but okay. Right. But because you, yeah. one agent underscore 70 wasn't in the mood to help out uh, the box office numbers in any way. And remember, I'm Mr. Petty. I went to Avengers Endgame after the re-release. Yes, and remember, we don't condone piracy, but sometimes there's... Right. You just gotta, well, you know. So, that being said, I did watch this turd of a movie, and some people like to look... Everyone knows that you're not getting... Someone say uh, he previewed it. Right for, for 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 purposes of uh, yeah you know, for for you know for, for academic purposes. review yes and I'll tell you that uh, you know I know people that went to watch it and they enjoyed it because it was just some silly summer fun right. but I'm a fan of the series <laughs> and I appreciate that they were in the wake of Fast and Furious in the wake of Justin Lin coming back to the series after Tokyo Drift. I appreciate that they tried to uh, weave uh, 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 a longer story arc into the movie uh, and try to weave these things together and to see what happened in the wake of Fast 6 and Fast 7 and the travesty that was uh, Fate of the Furious. um, (laughs) Now we've got Hobbs and Shaw and to see it tank and to see people maybe just maybe staying away because they're not happy with the trend the trends in the series it's kind of heartwarming to me okay so first off we need to back up it had a bad first week opening doesn't necessarily mean it tanked it didn't start out strong though right so and at the end of the day people overseas are still going to watch it because it's the rock well yeah there's that and people here too for that matter but um right and throw in Statham to boot, and you've got you know a pretty big uh, star power for sure, uh, a pretty big amount of star power in this movie. Mm-hmm. So that's so. Like I said, we're just, you know editorializing aside, we still little. But uh, you know, there was not really. I can't say there was much 
Well, actually, I'm kind of surprised that it did as bad as it did. But at the same time, people were going into it knowing that it wasn't the mainline Fast and Furious. And therefore, you know, side stories right. tend to, as we have found out from Star Wars, side stories tend to sometimes not do well. Right. Because if it's not something that people think they need to know about these side characters, they're more than willing to let it go. And there are people like Agent 70 who are still looking for justice for Han. Hashtag, Hashtag justice for Han. <laughs> and you are, he's, who's not alone in that, because I've seen some um, I've seen some speculation pieces and takes from folks uh, I, I follow online, and it's kind of amusing. Um, sure. And even from cast members themselves. Right. Shout out to uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Right. So, you know, that, that is a thing that is kind of up in the air. I'm still, I, I don't know if we talked about my theory uh, on what could happen or should happen, uh, particularly with somebody who wasn't in this movie specifically, but was um, teased to have a possibility to be possible in this movie, who apparently is not. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that could still play out. We may have already talked about it. We don't need to go into it. But, you know, one way or another, Justice Fahan should happen. Um, oh, and I think I saw one special. was like, yeah, there's got to be some reason to that, that some person was some person somebody was saying. Um, um, I love this person, by the way. Uh, um, who was like, they they would take any dumb reason to get uh, Sun Kang back in back into uh, back into uh, the franchise again. Sure. I mean, that could be for other reasons of thirst, but you know, still. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, it's valid. So, anywho, sure. yeah, that's the thing. But going on, to keeping on with the Fast and Furious train and making things worse. Right. So, next up, uh, Fast and Furious 9, uh, we all know, has already cast John Cena to be playing a possible spoiler character that was revealed in the Hobbs and Shaw movie. There you go. Or, more importantly, uh... Hey, boo! boo! <laughs> that That's works. just me personally. So, yeah. So, apparently, he's going to be somebody and have a connection to somebody from Hobbs and Shaw movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so to, uh, yeah, something that gets brought up there. So Right. It's kind of... It might be the overall big bad. Right. It's all connected. Right. Uh, next up, moving fastly away from that, Star Trek from Star Trek, uh, Deep Space Nine uh, Jed Zia Dex's pansexuality is confirmed thanks to Terry Farrell uh, who uh, was uh, in an interview at uh, Star Trek Las Vegas this past weekend which happened um, I've, I've been seeing a couple of bits from some of the panels there and it looks like good stuff um, I should also go ahead and point out, which I, if I haven't said before, and what is going on in the background of my house. Um, anyway, uh, that the Star Trek D Space Nine documentary is out there for home consumption, and you should check that out if you are a fan of that series. Is it on home video? Or? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It is also oh, okay. on digital, but yes, it's on home video also. It's not on. St- it's not on any of the streaming sites, though. Right? Um, it is on one streaming site. It's on Shop Factory's uh, site, but I don't know if they have it anywhere else. Shop so can, Factory. Yeah. Okay. Well, they so they have a streaming site and they stream stuff that they put out for some of the stuff they put out for free. So if you if you care about Super Sentai, you can see a bunch of that stuff or a little bit of Ultraman and some other stuff. But yeah, 
It is. Took a look. But it's over there on that site also. Um, but I don't, yeah, as far as I know, it's not, I don't know sure if it's anywhere else outside of that. Okay. Uh, and, and, you know, physical. Anyway. All right. Next up, uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 3 will introduce a new captain. So, uh,. Let's see. So there's been a lot of turnover on the Star Trek Discovery show in terms of who plays the captain. And uh, there's going to be a new one in the next in the next season. So all of you people on uh, CBS All Access, uh, let me know who the new captain is. So yes. Why are you waiting for Picard to happen sometime next year? Right. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I guess it doesn't really say here. And they're going along with the sound jump and whatnot. But we'll get to that when it happens. Um, the Matrix is returning to theaters to celebrate its 20th anniversary. And, of course, you can't say that without saying, Whoa. <laughs> uh, I know Kung Fu. Yeah, right. So, and this article kind of goes into that and also some speculation as to why it's coming back into theaters now as opposed to the actual uh, anniversary Um March 31st. Um, and again, there's a hot take in, in, you know, uh, um, uh, in speculation on that. But regardless, who cares? It's The Matrix. It's a dope movie. It'll be screened in 135 Dolby Cinema AMC theaters around the country from August 30th to September 5th. So if you get a chance, I have never seen The Matrix in the theaters. I did not either. I watched. I oh, know I watched the two sequels in the theaters, but I watched the original at home. Hmm. In fact, that was the first DVD I ever bought. Before okay. I, before I even had a DVD player, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I clearly want this movie. And as a matter of fact, because I bought, I ended up buying a DVD player for from a PC, and I didn't have a console that you know at the time that did yet. Mm-hmm. So just like, yeah, clearly I want this movie, so I have to have it and bought it. And so when I finally got one that was what i watched a couple of different times that works yeah anyway, uh, last in the cinematic move uh, cinematic news um phil lord and chris miller the writers behind uh, into the spider-verse are developing a mysterious live action marvel tv universe so uh, that's one but still <laughs> So uh, they're developing a handful of live action shows using Sony's Marvel characters, of which there are like 900 characters. Hmm. Oh, with the Sony characters. Though. And I believe this is not the only one because from I saw another article that said there's probably a couple of more, which going gives credence to something that they, they disavowed of probably late last year and saying that they didn't know of any other uh, projects. I think more, more specifically Spider-Verse related projects that was going to be happening at the time but apparently this is well this is a project with marvel and that's not necessarily saying that what they said wasn't the case then is still not the case now so from them and we don't know where it's going to be but most likely disney plus oh you know what i think i forgot totally forgot to put that news in about disney plus but um since we're here about the bundle yes so disney plus uh it was already a deal for a lot of people but now they've sweetened the pot some would argue by adding hulu and espn into the mix for a price of 12.99 which still makes it cheaper than netflix by the way 
Right, and uh, you know, you're getting a lot of content there for people who are cord cutters, right? So and sports lovers whom I it am not definitely one of them. right, exactly. You know, especially if you're uh, if you're interested in um, catching up on television, it makes Hulu very attractive. I don't necessarily think it makes ESPN Plus that all that attractive, although they are doing more live streaming of sporting events. Right. On ESPN Plus, I think it makes Hulu more attractive. True, and Hulu's got a, so. And somebody um, asked this question, and still haven't gotten a question uh, answer to the question whether Hulu's um, like live streaming uh, part is uh, along with this, or is that going to be another separate piece? Because because Hulu's got their live thing, um, and but no word. There's been no word as to whether that's a part of this or not. Right. So. So yeah, that's the thing that happens. That that's going to happen. I'm, if I wasn't already interested, it was already. This is giving me a little, a slight bit more. Next up. Um, All right, so we're in comic book news. Yes, we are. Uh, first up, Star Trek Away Mission VR will grant you the opportunity to be immersively killed off like a red shirt. So, wow, yeah. that's just morbid. Well, hey, you know that's uh, although. It's classically spoken. It's not always true, because if you think the senior, the, the senior staff of TNG was in red, so but that's neither here nor there. Um, but regardless, hey, there's a VR thing coming, Star Trek related. It is unfortunately not the the uh, the the canceled fan one that was really cool, but got taken down by CBS's massive uh, law for law lawyerage. Um. Mm. Uh, but CBS Interactive and Sandbox VR has announced Star Trek Discovery Away Mission, a new group of a new group-based virtual reality experience. Uh, the caveat is it is not for home consumption. It is going to be uh, in sandbox locations. I guess Sandbox VR is a is an extra place across the U.S. this fall and eventually locations in Asia. So this was decent news. But it's less decent news because I don't think none of that is near me. So yeah, okay. And there's been some, and there's at least one discovery uh, Star Trek discovery person who's doing voice work for it, who's also done voice work for Star Trek Online, also. So cool. Half of you know how it is. All right. In uh, more Star Trek news, um, announced that Star Trek Las Vegas uh, recently two Picard prequels. Uh, will begin paving the way for CBS All Access's uh, streaming service um, series starting this fall. Uh, writer Mike Johnson and Picard producer Kirsten Bayer will kick off Picard prequelitis with Star Trek Picard Countdown, a three-part comic series from IDW, beginning this November. Oh, yeah, and, that's actually uh, said that in <laughs> And that's, you know, and uh, apparently there's going to be a novel as well. Yeah. Now, the comic book's not a surprise because there are Star Trek comic books, like, left and right. Well, mm-hmm. at least frequently enough. I shouldn't say left and right. But, so, that's that's not a surprise. The novel, yeah, that shouldn't be a surprise either. But, because there's always been uh, Star Trek novels in the past with stuff. So, cool. Um... Oh, right. So, well, we can skip that now because it's past. But I was going to say in clickbait section, which I, I put in the wrong place again, uh, there's a video of a, a Japanese man in a tuxedo 
slowly transforming that big Unicron toy that we talked about, I think, what, last week or week before last. Really? Yes. Uh, that's in the clickbait section. So go check that out at your leisure. Um, but next up, we have, for you Star Trek, Star Wars fans, not Trek. Um, I'm loving it. Wait. I want to make sure this is it because I could have mismoved something. Yeah, Star Trek, uh, Star Wars, the Black Series Boba Fett helmet is for sale or for for pre-order at Entertainment Earth. It is a life-size version of Boba Fett's uh, classic helmet. Yes, you can put your big head in it or some size head in it. (laughs) This is is along the lines of those Marvel Legends kind of um, cosplay uh uh cosplay level um replicas kind of which is cool no no mm-hmm. when i you know like because yeah, right. i think it makes sense that they would make something star wars ask in that vein right. you know they've already done a good number of um props from uh, the mcu like ant-man's helmet iron man's helmet black panther's helmet so it makes perfect sense that they would do boba fett's as well yeah and uh obviously you know well, that's the cynic in me saying it. This is to cut off those folks who do who DIY themselves and are looking for you know. But that doesn't stop those people. And this is for the other people who don't have that kind of skill and want to use a help for cosplay. Exactly, or, and these are not cheap. No, you know, no, no, these are these are generally at least a hundred bucks. Yeah, this one's one hundred twenty according to the price, um, which is shipping May twenty twenty. Yeah, because the uh, you know I have the Marvel Legends. Um, uh, Mjolnir and the cap shield, the um, not the metal one. The metal one's more expensive. Hmm. I have the plastic one, which is a hundred bucks. It's still a great piece, though. Yeah, you get compliments I'm- on it. Any you know, like the one time I brought it to Comic Con, um, got lots of uh, uh, compliments and people asking, "Hey, where'd you get that?" Right. So yeah, and I think this is just in time for the Mandalorian. I want to say because I think that starts next year. Um, but hey. It's out there, folks. Have at it. Um, oh, dang it. Next one. Um, oh, wait, uh, is this mine? Yes. Yeah. Deadpool gets his own Build-A-Bears. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, apparently, the Build-A-Bear company is doing a Deadpool as well. Um, they're doing a Build-A-Bear as Deadpool. Mm-hmm. So, Yay. So it's uh you know it's a wacky zany and mouthy hero that's a must have for your collection. Good, good job, Builder. Yeah, I, I yeah I guess I assume it's going to have uh I don't know if it says here and it really doesn't matter, but whether it's going to have because I know they have has some Builder Bears with voices now to a point, but I don't know if this one's going to be. Doesn't matter. That's the thing if you care for it. Uh, Frazier Irving, Ramon Perez, Cian Tormi joined Valkyrie, Jane Foster. So those three artists have signed on to draw portions of September 18th Valkyrie, Jane Foster number three, along uh, series artist uh, Kafu. Hmm. Is he, already, is he already behind, or is this going to... No, I suspect it's probably an intentional... Is this going to be like a time thing? Maybe. Yeah. Because often that's when we see a lot of artists on one book when there are different time periods being portrayed. Right. But no reason has been given as to why that's going on. But yeah, we can... I think it's, it's a fairly safe to say that's probably going to be the case. Gotcha. 
Um, All right. I'm glad I got this next one. Because <laughs> um, I didn't realize this. When I read the article, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, did. and I was wondering, like, why didn't you bring this up? <laughs> because it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an Easter egg in the book itself. Mm. Um, and remember, I had something to say about Kubert's art as well. Uh-huh. Like, um, I feel like, you know, I, I definitely felt like Kubert's art is on the looser side and the color artist that's kind of doubling as an inker isn't really helping. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why I didn't notice this as, 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 as I, you know, maybe would have if it was a little sharper, but it's obviously in, you know, it's meant to be in the background. It's meant for someone who's like really, really studying the page to see it. Mm-hmm. So apparently Captain America's worst movie just became Marvel canon. And we are talking about the, um, oh, what is the actor's name? Is it not in the story? Uh, I believe uh, it's Reb. Reb. Brown. Yeah, Reb Brown. So, Reb Brown. Mm-hmm. I remember this so, movie. This isn't even the 1990 Captain America film we're talking about. We're going way back yeah, to 1979. This, yeah. This was the Cap this was, TV this was, movie. This was part of a, I would say, string, but you might as well say a string of bad Marvel decisions at the door. Oh, yeah. Marvel I mean, they were doing their uh, part of me. Right. Part of me is thinking they're just doing their best with what they could do mm-hmm. um, special effects wise. Well, obviously, they were not putting a lot of money into this. So uh, it wasn't even the best special effects that money could buy. Right. But what they're what they incorporated was the motorcycle ride in glass shield carrying <laughs> motorcycle helmet wearing Captain America. And they actually have in what's kind of like a hall of Captain America uniforms. Mm-hmm. So it's canon. Um, a, 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 a version of this uh, motorcycle suit and glass shield. And it's when I went back to my comic and looked at it, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> it is there. <laughs> so, so I don't know if you ever watched that movie. I, I did. I, okay. Yeah. It I, was heartbreaking. It was it was not great. So because, yeah, basically Captain America, as this article also suggests, says it, he was more a man than the cap we know. But. Yeah, it was it was it was not great. The the Fantastic Four movie around that time that came shortly later, not great also by the way. But you still watch it. It's it's weird. Um, also, this was also before. Oh no, that came well after. Yeah, no, but still. Um, yeah, this is this is more along the lines of one sp- one web shooter sp- uh, pirate Spider Man. Let's not come on, stop. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> So, that was uh, so my I, I was gonna, with it. well, I was going to, I was going to say though, it does definitely come after that seventy Spider Man. Also comes uh, before or around the same time because I think it was like a, a year or two later, the Incredible Hulk live action uh, version that we know, which was you know good. Um, also before Spider Man and therefore Spider Man is Amazing Friends animated series. That's right. Yeah. So I'm just saying there was some good stuff around it, but um, but yeah, this was not one of them. So yeah, but now it's canon. Congratulations. Wait, there was a sequel? I don't remember that. Lord, I think there was. Oh jeez. Well, that's a good point. Watched but it on TV, hoping for better, and it wasn't. Hmm. Oh god, do you remember that Hulk um live action movie with Thor? Yes. Oh gosh. <laughs> Can we move on, please? You know. Yeah, there's there's been some talkers um, in the past. So Marvel's more than been making up for it in the past 10, 11, 12 years. However, you know, however. So yes, man, we've there's been some things. Next up, anyway, just 
<laughs> awful, awful. Uh, man, uh, Marvel Comics plans to quote unquote kill Spider Man next month. So, uh, apparently, Spider Man is set, seem, seemingly set to die in the pages of writer Tom Taylor and artist Ken Lachey's uh, Friendly Spider Man number 12 because there's not enough death looming in that book already. Um, and this is coming from, I guess, the solicits um, from. Well, the, this solicitor would have been out already. It just, just had, so happened to be coming to pass next month, so never mind. Um, mm. But yeah, so apparently it says here uh, Spider Man's day is coming gone, so now's a good time to mention Spider Man dies in Friendly Neighborhood number 12. Sorry. That's just from, this, from the solicitor from 12. Mm. But apparently he's going to be solving his own death. So how that's going to happen. Uh, with or without the, the intervention of Doctor Strange, because that is the thing, the thing that has happened. You check out uh, the order or yeah. the, the oath, right? And and just as just as as an aside, anyone who hears this and is surprised shouldn't be because this is Tom Taylor, kind of having his own corner of the Spider-Man universe to play in. That's true, like he did with Injustice, and and so. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely that's definitely a strength of Taylor's writing is that he doesn't have to deal with um, of the stories that he's telling. He doesn't have to deal with a lot of the crossover stuff. Well, except for some of the stuff that has been mentioned in this has gone over to amazing has been mentioned. Amazing. So there is something there. Right. There's definitely some interconnectivity. But uh, in terms of, um, you know, what he gets to do, he does sort of get to play in his own sandbox. Right. So. That's the thing. Uh, she Venom No More. Cullen Bunn introduces Scream with Absolute Carnage event. Another Venom. I mean, excuse me, another, well, another. Yeah, it's Venom. another, right. It's another, it's another symbiote. And apparently this was a character that was once uh, named uh, She Venom way back in the early 2000s. Right. According to this article. So. And um, nowadays. It's, uh, you know, the, uh, the, as they're bringing all the symbiotes and all of, you know, this is um, explained in the apps in the in the I wanted to call it the maximum uh, carnage uh, book this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. You know, yeah. right. In the absolute carnage book this week, some of this is explained as to why all these symbiote characters are going to be coming back to the forefront for this event. Just let them all die, talk on it. But on the side, a very sad, random note, uh, sort of. Um, I was doing some lookup for for uh, some something in Future Foundation, which uh, came out this week, which I didn't mention, but it doesn't really matter. Um, basically, powers based. But I ended up coming across um, another Ghost Rider that we that I totally forgot about up until reading about it. And don't ask me what brought me from there to from from Power Pack to there. Um, but I know with the Avengers thing, and I know we're going to remember to bring this up when we talk about Avengers next, but Alexandra Jones, do you remember her? No, but uh, I remember seeing that there was like a first appearance of like a female Ghost Rider. Yeah. Um, so, but but regardless, it's not for nothing. I was kind of wondering if that's going to show up in, um, I kind of doubt it, but if that was going to show up in the uh, what's going to happen in Avengers coming up. That, like I said, that was just a sad thing. You never know. Yeah, but I kind of doubt it. You oh well, I mean, I don't, the, Marvel's been pretty good about the, a lot of polls. A, a lot, right? Of deep We're cuts. talking about deep cuts right yeah. there. So I would be 
still shocked and amazed. Actually, I wouldn't be shocked and amazed, but that would be dope if they did. Um, but I'll just say right. that much. Because I think she's still around. Uh, anyway, next up. Um, yeah, enter the Gamerverse with your first look inside Marvel Spider-Man Velocity number one. So it's a all original story set in the Gamerverse of the uh, PlayStation game. Correct. And uh, late this August is going to uh, is when Marvel Spider-Man Velocity number one is going to release. So yeah, it is all new. But and if you're thinking about the the uh, um, Spider-Man City at War, I think that's maybe a retelling of the the uh, the the, um, the game, if I'm not mistaken. And it, there is an Earth designation because I know it didn't show up in Spider Gun or something. I believe it did. I think so. But regardless, I don't remember the, the Earth designation. And at this point, it is what it is. So yeah, there's going to be a new. Uh, looks like Dennis Hopeless is doing this, which he's going by his actual name now. Or his full name, I guess. Um, illustrated by Emilio Lacio and colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. And like it's already been said, coming out August 25th. So if you care, there you go. Now this next one, um, slightly a, a bit of a travesty on the on the writer's part. Uh in that uh, the bombastic, the bombastic Bagman, Otto Spidey's uh, pops debut for Marvel's 80th anniversary, and I say what I said prior to this because he calls the art- the article calls him paper bag Spider Man. God, that is no talk Which, about doing no work. That's a foul. Well, I, well, I want to say does it mention it in here? Maybe yeah, it does mention the fact that. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Never mind. I take it back. What I was, I was about to give him some credit. But, I mean, you could uh, at least call him the Amazing Bagman because I think that's what most people called him back in you know way back. And that's and actually that's what I was going to call him, but until I uh, forgot that it was actually a bombastic Bagman. So yeah. So if you want a pop of um, Peter Parker, Parker in a Fantastic Four uniform with a paper bag over his head, you will not be left wanting for much longer. And there's going to be a Future Foundation one and um, um, an Octo Spidey, which is basically Spider-Man and with uh, Doc Doc's uh, um, arms. If that wasn't blatantly obvious. <laughs> and apparently, let's see. There's also going to be uh, the five original X-Men, which I thought they had them, but I know they did the uh, the, uh, the '90s ones. Namor the Submariner and the First Human Torch, which I don't know how that's going to be distinguishable from. Uh, the the Johnny Storm version. There, there, there's ways to do it. Oh, well, if they do them un, uh, unflamed, yeah. I guess. But you know, still, and a lot of those pops look the same anyway. As much as, I, as, much as I love them, they they kind of do. Next up, ah, so apparently there is a live auction of uh, Marvel Television props that is going to start this Monday. Mm-hmm. And if you need some bidding help, there's a bidder's guide at propstore.com. Yep. And uh, f- have fun spending your hard-earned money. Well, yeah, right? Uh, somebody would do it. You know, Matt might want that um, Daredevil suit. We don't know. <laughs> so there's Luke, Kane's hoodie, uh, Luke, Luke Cage's hoodie, which I feel like you could find a similar hoodie somewhere out there. Mm-hmm for probably less that that's going to go through but there's a bunch of stuff and it's I don't know if this is from for a charity or anything it doesn't necessarily say here I doubt that is the case um and uh, there was probably another article from months ago that's that 
that does say so. But regardless, that is the thing. So at the time of this recording, if you get uh, to the to the spot by the twelfth and you see it, see this, and you're interested, hey, go for it. <laughs> Next up, Poison Ivy's future, uh, new green status, connection to Harley, and a Millennium possibility. So apparently, coming out of um, uh, Heroes in Crisis, we saw that uh, Poison Ivy. Uh, aka Pamela Isley has been reborn and uh, so apparently she's going to have somewhat of a significant future in the DC universe we don't necessarily know what yet but I guess there's been some things out there uh, speculating speculation with her current status next up alrighty next up who is Tempest Fugonaut how Wally West Redemption and Big Event in 2020 hinges on this uh, previously existing but still on the relatively new side character. I'm glad you said so, that. Thank you. What's that? The previous previously existent. Because yeah. Yes, I actually had to read up on this. I read. I remember reading the story. I don't remember it exactly now, but apparently they're going to try to start uh, Wally West Redemption. In, uh, in in September's Flash Forward number one, and um, it's it's going to be helped along by a character that we are supposed to know. Right. And I'm like, I wish now I uh, my sound effects worked and I could use um who, uh, who? because I was like, who the blankety blank is Tempest Fuginot? Right. And why the hell would they name him Tempest Fuginot? To be fair, there has been a Tempest Fugit. I don't want to say in Batman animated somewhere in comic in DC comics specifically, there has been a simple fusion. It's probably the clock thing or somebody. Um, who Lord. knows? Uh, but regardless, I feel like there's been someone by a similar name. Um, yeah. in that universe. So it's like, it's weird that they would either reuse or whatever, but Hey, it, it is what it is. I guess somebody will find out when September hits and that, that pops up because I can't imagine anyone on this panel actually reading it, reading that. Maybe Tim, I don't know. Cause I don't know anybody who's actively reading flash at this point. Uh, maybe not at this point. I know that PC and underscore dirt was reading it for what? a while. He may right. have fallen off on it. Right. So, and those two would be the, are arguably better DC resident residences mm-hmm. specifically dirt, but you know, so. um, anyway, speaking of more DC news, uh, DC promotes Marie Javis, Javins, excuse me, to lead new publishing initiatives. So, congratulations to the promotion to her for her. Uh, she's been in the the editorial, the Justice League editorial group um, for a good minute, which means that she is stepping off of that. And I'll go ahead and take the next one. In okay. that Batman editor Jamie S. Rich takes over Justice League titles from uh, Marie Jevons. So, congrats, congrats to those two and their promotions. Alrighty. So, you can have the next one. Next up, DC hosted DC hosted 40 uh, young women in their Burbank, California offices on Friday this past week for a unique writing workshop organized by DC and the local nonprofit Right Girl. The event included a welcome session and a workshop with DC writers Mariko Tamaki and Cecil Castellucci. 
Mm-hmm. So this is dope, and of course, there's some idiot coming out of the woodwork who I won't, you know, who I saw online from that stupid gate commission community to talk about. Well, well, they don't know about this person, that person, and that person. They probably ain't been on like stupid. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and Twitch, uh, Colleen Coover was like, you know, they don't need really need to know that kind of history to, to be able to write, and it's true. You know. It's, it's it's stupid. It's stupid gatekeeping things, and, and I wish all those people would die horribly. <laughs> I mean that, but anyway. But this is a good initiative. I, I hope more of this stuff uh, happens. So, because we could get some, you know, get some some uh, some more uh, some more combo some different voices. Yes. yes, especially exactly out out of the uh, out of it as opposed to what we've had for the last seventy years. Yep. So speaking of the cesspool called Twitter. Um, <laughs> Superman has joined Twitter to bring truth and justice oh, to the platform. Yes. So, yeah. Apparently, the um, a um, so a account called DC Superman, uh, and it even got the blue check mark because Twitter's stupid all the way around. Um, but we don't know if it's this, uh, as far as we know, it's not associated with DC. Um, but you know, whatever. Somebody has that account and has been tweeting out. Um, and I look forward to when that har- har- that account says something horribly wrong for them to do such thing. Anyway, hopefully that doesn't happen, and maybe it is a DC run thing. But it, it, there's nothing saying that. And apparently, Wonder Woman also Wonder Woman and Batman also have had a, have had accounts which uh, with the same things. But again, no no word on whether this has anything to do with DC proper or it's just somebody's just doing this. All right. Because so, there's millions of those parody accounts out there that and some are good and some are trash. Next right, up. Next, next up, uh, some news coming out of GenCon or GenCon 2019. Uh, Night Models um, revealed um, a display of some miniatures and some new figures that will be coming out soon, namely Watchmen, Mongol, Orm, Eradicator, Cyborg, Superman, Metallo, and a new Superman. This is related to... Uh, possibly related uh, to... Possibly related to a revamped DC Universe miniature game. Yeah. So, and if not, hey, they're nice little collectibles. That you, you know, so, cool. Uh, next up, from from Gen, Gen Con, uh, you got me saying it now. It's Gen Con. Um, Cryptozoic shows off new tabletop games, including DC Deck Building Rebirth and New Spyfall. So, um, yeah, so the DC Deck Building game is basically so the Rebirth is as one would expect the um, the the uh, the last um, version of DC's event, big event, big 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 event, I should say, before. I guess what's going on happened here, and they have done DC deck building. Cryptozoic has done DC deck, uh, deck building games off of various uh, DC properties and/or events in the past, and this is just a new one of those. So, cool. I'm not sure. Does it say when it's going to come out? It says, oh, uh, it looks like if they're announcing, it's probably coming out soon. So, no need to really go out on go on with all of that. So, if you are interested in that. Go check it out. Alrighty, next up, uh, Transformers War for Cybertron Siege figure unboxing. So, 
Um, so basically, this is the, for the Transformers uh, trading card game, of which okay. I did a show and tell for last week, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. I believe this is Wave 4, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and uh, yeah, I believe this is Wave 4 of, of that series. So following the other three, which I won't go into. Uh, but yeah, so there, there was a video in here where you know um, the, the fine folks at Chuck News um, talk about it and show off some cards. So cool. Next up, um, Transformers Studio Wave Eight is up for pre-order. Um, so there is some more Transformers. I guess the Studio Series uh, is a is a thing for Transformers. So here's another line of them. So there's a, um, a World War II hot rod, which probably looks... Actually, no, hot rod's not bad. I shouldn't say that. Um, which looks more like a, a, a Jaeger, a Jaeger from Pacific Rim. Okay. Than a Transformer. And then, of course, there's the, the, the Chevy from Bumblebee movie. Uh, there's the RC3 pack, which is RC, um, I believe, RC Elite 1 and Chromia. And there is uh, Soundwave, but not Soundwave that we know and love as a, as a cassette deck. He's a bend. Soundwave is not a bend. He's a cassette deck. Thank you very much. Let us move on. All right. Um, <laughs> it's time to fix our time with the new Back to the Future board game. Some more news out of Gen Con. Um, the game des- designed by uh, some folks is a cooperative dice game that follows a scenario where Biff has stolen the DeLorean using its time-traveling powers to go on a terrible joyride through time and space. And it's up to you, the player, to stop him. Great Scott! That's, that's, that's about as best I can good do. So there you go. It was bound to happen. So yeah, that's another board game, Back to the Future. It's been a comic book. Sure. Let us move on. Oh, joyful. Um, Rob Liefeld quits Youngblood over dispute with co-owners. Yeah, this is messed up. As much as I'm not the biggest fan of Rob Liefeld yep. or Leafield or whatever the hell his name is, this isn't cool because it's related to money mm-hmm. and how it kind of muddies the waters when it comes to le- intellectual property because when it comes down to it, Oftentimes, it's these pieces of IP that are the only things that uh, creators have uh, any sort of collateral in that they can use to borrow, you know, to make money from. And, uh, you know, Liefeld made a deal with this um, with this person who, who he's feuding with to get an infusion of cash in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's got a way bigger, much more popular uh, person that he's that he has his claws into. So you know, I don't feel feel that bad about it. It is terrible. Don't get me wrong. That, right. Let's not. That's the thing is, I'm I, I don't care about the specifics of this case. I just you know it's the it's the general principle of uh, of sure. creators who you know, like I said, who really only possess the intellectual property. Right. Um, as collateral for you know for 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 for, for anything for mm-hmm. for making money, and it sucks that you know when when people invest in it and, and have a stake in it, um, uh, and and only put money into it and didn't you know put any of the 
the the effort into creating it right. and all of a sudden the people who have money want to have a say it, it just sucks yeah true so but like i said you know I, I don't think he's sobbing over it too much outside of his public display because yeah but yeah it, it on that front you just said it is very much terrible and shouldn't happen but yeah uh kent and smith suit up for fantasy story fork folk lords sorry (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah matt kent working with uh artist matt smith on a new creator owned series titled fork folk i'm going to do that i was about to say this sounds like an episode of the good place you know i don't know know if anybody out there watched the good place i've never watched it i think well i'll take it back i have seen like the first episode but i i I burned through it as a Mm -hmm. as part of a summer binge as you do and well listen running out you know uh you know, there's there's some some time on on our hands. Now, Look, man, so. you got anime to get through. That too, I, I do admit that uh, I'm behind on my anime uh, catch up. Yeah, but no, but yeah, I, I've heard great things about that show, so I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but yeah, so Folk Lords uh, is a Boom Studios joint by Matt Kent and Matt Smith, uh, set to launch November 13th. It's a five issue. Wait. It's a five-issue monthly series, which means it's a mini-series, mm-hmm. but it's coming out monthly, so sure. Okay. But it is set in a fantasy or world of fantasy where a young man named Ansel begins chasing his visions of something the locals refer to as the Folk Lords. And I almost want to say the Funk Doctor Spot, but we're not, yeah. we're not going to do that either. So yeah, if, if that sounds of any interest to you, you should go check that out when, in November. Last but not least, Archie Comics' Cosmo, not the not the uh, Russian space dog from Guardians, <laughs> no. returns for the new for a new miniseries in November. So Cosmo, Archie Comics' resident alien adventurer, is returning for a new limited series later this year. Cosmo the Mighty Martian launches in November. So I was a fan of the original version of Cosmo the Merry Martian, uh, which which is decidedly different from this new take. And I remember we had an article on the new designs for this thing, which I think there was there might have been another project before this one, or this is that project. I can't remember. I but think this might be it. Yeah, but regardless, um, I don't know. I was not a fan of this redesign. But it, it has kind of grown on me, and it's not for me anyway, because it's, it's decidedly for more for kids. Sure. Obviously, so it's not for me. So regardless, it doesn't matter. But, yeah, it is a thing. Um, so there you go. Sure. Uh, and that, folks, there be that. Uh, I do have an unboxing. Oh, yay. Um. Hold on a second. Before we wrap the show, hang on. We before. do our last ad read. So if you want me to do the last ad read, then do the unboxing or what? Um. Before you do that, let me fix the scene. Uh. Actually, yeah. Go ahead and do your your ad read. I'll fix the scene while you're doing that. Last ad read of the night is for Amazon because we are in a hurry. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop and help keep our podcast free. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or toys. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment. Ka-ching! 
that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. Oh, that was perfect timing. Sweet. All right. So we've got uh, uh, a new setup here for the ladies and gentlemen who are watching the video feed. I'm happy to report that the stream output that I see looks pretty cool. So um, the unboxing that I've got this week is for something I got courtesy of at Matt Wang 97, friend of the show. Shout out to at Matt Wang 97, who um, kindly stood online or in the queue, however you want to phrase it at Hasbro to get me the 80th anniversary Incredible Hulk. So this is the outer box. And uh, it's pretty cool. It's almost got like a blank cover on on, on one side and um, a black and white Hulk drawing on the other. Um, It's a crying shame that this is probably going in the trash, getting recycled. Um, You were saying, Roddy? Now I'm saying, oh no. Yeah, I know. It's a shame because this is not the main packaging for the figure. This is the outer box. There is another box. <gasps> it's the regular shell packaging, and this here is the gigantic, incredible Hulk figure. This is much more of a 90s short haircut, like late 80s, early 90s version of the Incredible Hulk. Um, um, part of me is kind of pining for the mop head Sal Buscema Incredible Hulk hair that's in the um, the Wolverine Hulk 2-pack uh, that I may pick up but uh, I, I, li- I particularly like this rendition of the Hulk um, he is uh, pretty classic looking uh, he does come with a crushed pipe accessory that you can see here um, beneath his right arm and all in all, this is a pretty solid figure. Um, it's a shame that he doesn't have um, two fists as opposed to one fist and one kind of bendy hand mm-hmm. to uh, hold stuff. But uh, like I said, all in all, it's a pretty, pretty solid figure. So thanks again to at Matt Wang 97 for um, kindly waiting in line to pick this up for me. I know that he picked up um, the collector and um uh oh goodness was it the game the game master okay sure no no the um whatchamacallit the grandmaster? was that the grandmaster not the game master the <laughs> grandmaster and the collector uh-huh. from the mcu oh right right the, 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 the or classic yeah. material yeah 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 Cool beans, cool beans. Yes, I I, I, I opted for the Hulk figure. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I wish it was in the budget to get to get uh, one uh, figure, but I wouldn't know what I would have wanted out of that anyway because both of them are cool. But yeah, yeah, all three of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think you would have opted for the Transformers, but that was a well, little bit. Pricey. Yeah, definitely. But that was still too much, even if I did have the. <laughs> yeah, that was on the pricey side. So. so um, but anyway, but yes. I'm glad that uh, you know I had something to unbox here on the show. Nice and perfect timing because I fixed uh, the other scene. So, as we come to the end of this here comic book chronicles, we would like to thank you, every, each and every one of you, for coming out like you do every time you listen to the show or watch the show, whichever you choose to do. 
Um, we will be back next Thursday, uh, as uh, PC and Unscored Dirt jokingly said uh, before the show, around 10 o'clock. But now we usually start to try to record about 9-ish, 9.30-ish. Yeah, we're barring. always on around 9-ish, but right. it almost fa- it almost never fails, at least now with uh, our new Lightstream um, a, uh, uh, source of uh, broadcasting that uh, something pops up. Yeah, or something needs to be fixed, and that's going to be an ongoing thing. But literally, mo- the majority of it is getting ironed out, at least. So I got a I got a head on some of the stuff that can be wrinkled out. But anyway, that is neither here nor there any more than it has to, because this has been the Combo Chronicles, and we will. No, I'm not ending ending the show, but um, we love you all. That's all I'm say. So. For Agent Underscore 70, you can find him at Agent Underscore 70 at Twitter and Instagram. For myself, Ka-ching! exactly, you can find myself at, and actually, you know, I did put lower thirds on, on both of us. You can see, you can see, oops, you can see his down there and you can see mine's right, like right there. Right. But anyway, if you're watching the video, if you're not, then Roddy Cat on Twitter, News Nurse Need on Twitter, News Nurse Need um, uh, Reddit. You can also find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Ka-ching! Exactly. Uh, PC underscore dirt. You can find him on the Twitters, uh, popculturenetwork.com and popculturenet on Twitter. Ching. And of course, all of his other umbrella sites. Umbrella websites under the popculturenetwork.com. Indeed. Uh, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8, the Osiris of this ish. You can find him at that on Twitter. You can also find him on CB Cron on Twitter. Uh, the Click Nation on Twitter. That's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N. And, of course, uh, TheClickNation.com. And Comic Resources, where he's over there writing his face off. Go read his work. Ooh. Ching, ching. ching. And you can find this here podcast on CSPN.us. Do it today. Exactly. Ching. Um, also, Google Play, uh, Apple iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Coastal Lizard Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Ka-ching. Subscribe. Just go subscribe in all the places. That's and awesome. five star reviews, especially on Apple Podcast. Sure. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Like you said, I guess. Um, we we don't guarantee to read them. We just we like them. That'd be nice. Oh, no, we need them. We're trying to beat the algorithm. <laughs> yeah, that's game to game. That's right. So, anywho, um, <laughs> with that being said, this has been. Boop. The Comic Book Chronicles. Boop. Peace out, folks. Peace. One. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it? It's, it's Dr. Doom. What's on your evil mind? Hold your insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? 